It's Book It, Uggos. Welcome to Book It, a wrestling podcast where we book and revisit your favorite wrestling storylines. I'm your commissioner, Hi-Fi Mike, and today I'm your Jim Simone, D-Money Allen. On behalf of TCW and Tessa Blanchard, I'd like to apologize <laughs> for absolutely nothing! Mm. Uh, Primetime, Travi T. This is not toxic. This is good wrestling right now. I hope you're just as excited as I am. Little fudge. I'm not excited at all. <laughs> I'm the bad guy, Kenny. Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was I was ready, and then until t- t- you said what you said just now. No. Oh, I told them I pulled my pork before the before the episodes for yeah, good yeah, luck. That, yeah, that pissed me off. Uh, it's a good meal. Wait good till meal. after. It's a good meal. That's a celebratory thing. A oh, don't sauce. do it during. <laughs> I'll call the police. <laughs> you get a little right. barbecue sauce on there. You can eat it with a fork. You put it on a sandwich. Eat it over rice. It's it's good. And, <laughs> and this week uh, we are doing. We're continuing on with the book at verse three, and Travis is going to present his first show. If you haven't listened to any of our episodes, you you can listen to this one. But I recommend at least going back uh, to the first episode of Book at Verse Three. Um, yeah, Dynamite Pro Wrestling. They put on a, a mid show. You can go listen to that. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna go ahead, and uh, Travis is gonna start with his show. I'm gonna get you up on the big screen. Right, hey, I did it right. I had him in the first spot. I'm proud of you, Mike. That was a good. That was good. Right, you deserve a gold star and a pat on the back. Give yourself a pat on the back. Almost like I should have been Bucket Boy of the Year. Anyways, <laughs> I, I did vote for you. I did vote for you. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't know I enough people to cheat for me. So, <laughs> Man, all right. I just, I just put my vote out right. like everybody else did. <laughs> so go ahead, Travis. So I did it by show by show for my stories. So we're gonna go, go for it. So week one, Livewire, primetime Travis T opens the show for Livewire already in the ring. Oh, wait, wait, before I get before I get too far into this, sorry. Um, the, the theme song for this is Primetime Championships presents Takeover One Shot at Glory. And the theme song is Glory and Gore by Lord. So week one, Livewire, Tuesday nights. So primetime Travis T opens the show for Livewire already in the ring. Travis T has a huge smile on his face as he begins to talk to the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tuesday Night Live Wire. Sunday night, we had a crazy pay-per-view. We saw a lot of great things. Jake Roberts won his match against Kurt Hennig for the number one contender spot for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sarah Del Rey was able to make Nikki Bella tap out to win her first world title. And, of course, Gangrel has conquered yet another challenger, putting the final final nail in the coffin, no pun intended, for his feud with The Undertaker by burying the dead man alive. So we now – so we know that we are going to get Gangrel versus Jake Roberts at TakeOver One Shot at Glory – we know that Sarah Del Rey, Tyler Breeze, Mayero, and AJ Styles will defend their titles. We know there's going to be another wild and awesome show. But what you might not know is the old primetime Travi T has made a monumental purchase. This is wrestling's biggest secret because not even Uncle Dave and the Dirty Sheets could get the scoop. 
So let me stop beating around the bush and spit it out already. Alpha Wrestling Championships has been officially purchased by Prime Time Championships. The crowd goes wild chanting, this is Alpha. Travi T continues. AWC has been an important part of the wrestling world for a while now. It's an award-winning program, BIV Program of the Year. And as soon as I heard it was possibly for sale, I made some calls. It's an honor to keep this brand alive. So starting this Saturday, PTC gains a third weekly program. Every Saturday at 9 p.m. on The CW, catch the hottest hour in professional wrestling with PTC Alpha. Huh? The CW. Yeah, that's what, that's what episode, what channel that's on. Ew. Right after, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't know why Kenny laughing. He on the CW, too. Hey, <laughs> it, it, was just, it was a funny joke. Yeah, Kenny is before the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> that means you watch uh, the main, right. No, the main I'm, I'm going to end up watching it what comes after the Buffy. Because <laughs> watching, we're watching Buffy. And then we're, we're catching the last five minutes. I got, I got the right, I got the right fucking, I got the right fucking spot. <laughs> uh, the main event of the inaugural episode will be AJ Styles versus Ultimo Dragon in a cruiserweight championship match. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for AWC and enjoy the show. Travis Key, Travis Key, <laughs> Travis Key, <laughs> <Travis T. laughs> up and down the, up to hype the crowd in there. This Travis is Alpha. Travis Chances the screen fades to black. Travis T. Travis T. <laughs> this show's a travesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So is yours yeah. a weekly show or a pay-per-view? Mine's a pay-per-view, but this is the bill. We're getting there. This is all important. Okay. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening to Travis you. Scott. Travis Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Ain't nobody dying in my show. Okay. You <laughs> oh wow. Yet. Gimmick infringement. Mm. <laughs> uh so me and Gene Okerlund is seen backstage later that night with AJ Styles. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Gene Okerlund, and I'm joined tonight by the Cruiserweight Champion AJ Styles. AJ, we heard some monumental news tonight to start our show off. Primetime Championships has purchased Alpha Wrestling Championships, and we gained another hour of wrestling with PTC. Alpha will air every Saturday night at 9 p.m. We also heard you will defend, be defending your title in the very first episode. What does this mean to you? AJ nods and replies, now listen, Mean Gene, AWC was known for being the best Cruiserweight wrestling in the world. They made sure to put a spotlight on that aspect of their program, and PTC has always tried to do the very same thing. It's an honor for me to main event the first episode of Alpha under the PTC banner. I want to continue that to honor the fighting spirit of AWC, especially when it comes to cruiserweight wrestling. I want to steal the show every single night, and I want to be a fighting champion. So tonight, I'm going to put my cruiserweight title on the line against Jamie Noble. Jamie, I hope you're ready to tear the house down, because I certainly am, and I'll see you out there. Style walks off the set as the screen fades to black. So Are we grading that, or no? No, this is all. This is a build. It is okay. all build. build. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's hella build to my stuff. Okay, you're, get, <laughs> you're getting you're getting the real life of what this is. AJ Styles and Jamie Noble have a great match. It lasts about 27 minutes, but AJ gets the win with the Styles Clash. So then on Wednesday, uh, AJ Styles gets an interview on the Pat McAfee show. So AJ Styles makes a quick cameo on the Pat McAfee show the day after Livewire for an interview. Pat wastes no time getting down to business. AJ, look, man, I know you, you only have a few minutes. I appreciate you calling in, bro. Fucking great match against Hoobie, man. The Juice, how great is he, right? Well, obviously not as good as you. What was it like to get in the ring with him? AJ responds, yeah, man, absolutely. First off, thanks for having me uh, having me on. I'm a big fan of the program, you know. But uh, when it comes to being in the ring with someone like Hoobie, man, it's just great, right? You got a vet that really has done it all in this business, but for whatever reason, is just a little underrated, in my opinion. He doesn't get the applause he deserves. They really should give this man his flowers more often. 
McAfee is now standing as he asks his next question. Fucking huge news came out last night. Travis T bought out AWC. I mean, can you believe it, bro? Styles responds, honestly, no, man. I didn't expect it, uh, expect that, but you know I'm happy to hear it. Like I was telling me and Gene last night, it's an honor for me to be able to continue the Alpha Legacy. I just want to be the best wrestler in the world, and I feel like – hold on, I'm sorry. I feel like living in the spirit of AWC is going to get me there, you know? absolutely, fucking lootly, bro. And, of course, you're going to be in the main event of the, that inaugural episode on the CW this Saturday at 9 p.m. One more question from AJ Hawk before you go. AJ, what do you got for the phenomenal one? Hawk appears on the screen. AJ, first off, great name. Secondly, with the purchase <laughs> of AWC, I think we all have the same pro- thought process here. Will we get to see AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan? What are your thoughts on this match? Can Deep Bryan come in and get a spot at the belt immediately, or does he need to like go through the ranks first to kind of earn a spot? Styles responds, uh, yeah, no. If Daniel wants to come and test his merit against me, I'm here. I heard, though, that a lot of, if not all, the big-name guys in AWC are sitting out their contracts because they can get paid their guarantees and not have to work. Uh, most people wouldn't blame them, obviously. I'm cut from a different cloth. I want to go out there, and I want to work for my money. But yeah, if Brian wants to come and get a shot at the PTC Cruiserweight Championship, then he knows where to find me. Saturday night's on the CW at 9 p.m. Because as of right now, what you're looking at is the face of Alpha, as far as I'm concerned. McAfee applauds Styles in his response. AJ, thanks for coming on, buddy. What a fucking guy, right? PTC Cruiserweight Champion. Works for his fucking money. Just wants to be the best. Phenomenal fucking human. I just can't wait to see what's next to that guy. So, AJ Styles, Rebellion's next. Uh, he's... Renee Young is seen backstage with AJ Styles. AJ Styles, ladies and gentlemen, AJ, I understand that you have a special announcement concerning your match tomorrow night on the first episode of Alpha. What is your announcement? AJ Styles looks excited. Renee, I'm excited to tell everyone that not only will I be defending my title against Ultimo Dragon, but immediately after I will be sitting down for an interview on This Just In with Justin Roberts. Be sure to tune in tomorrow night at 9 p.m. on the CW. So now it's time for the for Alpha. Jesus Christ. Sorry, my dog's being an asshole. Cut it, shut up. So, AJ Styles crosses paths with Travis T backstage on his way to the ring. Travis, I just want to thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to represent PTC tonight. Thank you for trusting me with this responsibility. And I just want to let you know that I am going to go out there and be the champion that I've always been. Travis T smiles and nods before patting him on the chest and saying, AJ, that's what I like to hear. Good luck out there tonight. I know you guys are going to have a great match. The two men go their separate ways and the show goes to commercial. So Styles and Ultimo Dragon have a great match lasting 18 minutes with Styles winning uh, with the Styles Clash. And then after that, the commercial break, uh, after the match, there's a commercial break. And after the commercial break, the ring has been transformed into the set of This Just In with Justin Roberts. And Justin Roberts is in the ring with AJ Styles. Justin Roberts introduces himself and AJ. The crowd goes wild for Roberts, but boos Styles vehemently. AJ, the, the alpha crowd here doesn't seem to be too fond of the phenomenal one. How does that make you feel? You know, Justin, they brought the, they bought their ticket. They came out in droves to support the show, and I get it. Maybe I'm not what you were expecting when you heard Alpha was here to stay. But I'm going to make you guys a promise. I promise that each and every week, whether it's here, Livewire, Rebellion, or a pay-per-view, I'm going to continue to embody the Alpha spirit and continue to honor AWC as the Cruiserweight Champion. Justin Robert tries to pull the crowd back in. What do you guys say? AJ Styles is a fighting champion, and he seems to embody the Alpha spirit. Can we get a round of applause and accept him as the new face of Alpha? The crowd responds with very loud, no chance. Styles laughs to himself before speaking to the crowd. Guys, I get it. I'm not the cruiserweight champion you want. I know what you want, but let's be honest. It's probably never going to happen. He's sitting at home collecting an unemployment check, and I'm here right now just like I am every single week, 
just like I will be every single week. I understand that you may not like it, but eventually you're going to have to face it. But now this is Alpha. Styles says this while holding the PTC Cruiserweight Championship in the air. The camera holds on him for a while, then the arena fills with the sounds of a bumblebee, and the crowd goes wild with yes chants. AJ Styles looks astonished before turning to the stage. Out through the curtain comes Daniel Bryan holding on to the AWC Cruiserweight Championship. Bryan has a Cheshire grin on his face as he looks out to the crowd, and then finally to AJ Styles. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan holds up the AWC Cruiserweight Champion as the crowd chants, This is Alpha! As the show ends and the screen fades to black. Can we hit an uh, ad real quick? I gotta take my dog out. He's like barking. Yep. Thank you. Are you tired? Tired of those other energy drinks hitting you with a short burst of jittery energy, followed by a crash that leaves you with less energy than you had before? Well, fear not, because Ray's energy drinks are specifically formulated to get you going without making you jittery and keeps you from crashing. With zero sugars, zero calories, and better caffeine than a cup of coffee, Ray's energy drinks are the number one growing energy drink on the market. With flavors like Baja Lime, Sour Gummy Worm, Guava Mango, and Strawberry Colada, Ray's has some of the best tasting energy drinks available. You can get a case of Ray's right now by going to repsports.com and using promo code T1THREE when you check out to take 15% off of your next order. That's promo code T1THREE for 15% off of your next order of better, tastier energy. Your body and the bodies you're loving deserve nothing but the best. Organic Lovin' is the only adult subscription box that includes eco-friendly body products from body-safe adult toys to sex-positive books and erotic seminars. Organic Lovin's online store has everything you and your partner or partners could ever need to heat things up. And right now, your friends at T13 Media want to take 10% off of your next order. Just go to OrganicLovin.com and use promo code T1THREE like the sound the bed makes when you check out Organic Lovin. Love organically, purely, deeply, boldly. Hey. All right. You. Yeah, you. <laughs> Are you ready to see live music again? How about your favorite sports team? Or maybe you, you'd rather catch some laughs or see the latest drama. Whatever your interest, Vivid Seats has the tickets you, the tickets to all of the live events. If you're new to Vivid Seats, use promo code VIVIDNEW2021 to get $10 off your next ticket purchase of $100 or more. If you're already a Vivid Seats user, plug in promo code VIVIDAGAIN2021 to get your $10 off. And remember to tell them that T13 sent you. Again, let's visit VividSeats.com now and experience it live. Also, go to T13Medias.com <laughs> and buy some fucking merch. Ah, uh, yeah. What what we got on there, Damone? We got t-shirts. We got hats. We got hoodies. We got fucking pajamas. For who? We, we got them jammies. For hoops. Who, who they represent? Uh, we got some bad guy merch. We got some yeah. uh, little fudge merch. Well, it's, oh, you do? Yeah, we got it's a certified L. You want to yeah, take sure a certified is. L? Just like me, just like I did this round. Yep. Uh, we got some high five mic merch. Yeah. We got, uh, you can remember my time as the Booking Boy of the Year. We got I heard a rumor that, <laughs> that a that a that a high five mic second pizza shirt is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh 
All right, so Daniel Bryan opens up the show on Tuesday Night Live Wire. The crowd is still going crazy for him, and Daniel's still loving it. Sorry, I'm losing my breath. I'm fucking running up on the steps just now. <laughs> week-long bastard. I am a week-long bastard. He'll be kicking my ass. Get that cardio up. <laughs> All right, so Daniel Bryan opens the show on Tuesday Night Live Wire. The crowd is still going crazy for him, and Daniel's still loving it. With a huge smile on his face, Daniel Bryan begins a speech. Guys, I never cared about the letters on my paycheck. I only cared about being the best in the world. My intentions have never changed. Whether the letters were PWG, ROH, NXT, WWE, AEW, AWC, DSW, CBW, BBW, RCW, TCW, or PTC. I am not here because of a paycheck, as AJ Styles said. I can sit at home and collect plenty of money to keep me and my family happy. I am here because I am the best pro wrestler on the planet, and I want to prove it. Now, yes, I am sad that the AWC chapter is closed, but I'm excited that the PTC chapter has begun. Now, it may be a new company, but some things never change. I'm the best cruiserweight in the world, and this title proves that. Brian holds up the AWC Cruiserweight Championship. He says, I am going to defend this title every single night until somebody can take it from me. Now, PTC Universe, who wants to see Daniel Bryan defend the AWC Cruiserweight Championship right here, right now, on Livewire? The crowd goes wild with yes chance. Then let's get it on. Whatever Cruiserweight back there wants a shot, come on down because the American Dragon wants to fight. The crowd sits in suspense for a while until Juventud Guerrero's music hits and he comes out to answer Brian's challenge. So they have a 32-minute match that sees Hoovy tap out to the bell lock. Wait, uh, I have, a, Bryan, I have, a, I have sure. a quick question. So sure. you said that Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles was on the, not podcast, but the show. Daniel Bryan comes out, right? Uh-huh. So he comes out. Does he cut that promo there? Or is no, it no, 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 no. So that was So that was the main event segment of the show. So Okay. They, so there's the time the show, between. Well, yeah. There's, uh, okay. So that was on Saturday that he comes out. The next show is on a Tuesday. That's when okay. the promo. Okay. All so right. so – Leave it in suspense as he's just sitting there, sitting there, staring at one another. Okay. Across the rampway. That's how that's how the show ends. Uh, so Dana Bryan comes backstage after his match and is welcomed with a standing ovation and cheers from the roster and crew. Bryan is all smiles until he comes face to face with AJ Styles. Styles and Bryan stare at one another for a long while until AJ Styles extends his hand. Bryan looks down and shakes Styles' hand as a sign of respect from both men. Uh, on that Friday on Rebellion, AJ refuses to be outdone and defends his title against Brian Pillman in an open challenge matchup. They'll last for 36 minutes before Styles puts him down with the Styles Clash. Uh, Daniel Bryan makes his official return to Alpha by defending his AWC Cruiserweight title against Taka Michinoku in an 18-minute match that sees Taka Michinoku tap out with the LaBelle Lock. On Livewire, AJ Styles opens, uh, opens Livewire with his open challenge for the PTC Cruiserweight Champion. And to his surprise, however, it is answered by AWC Cruiserweight Champion Daniel Bryan. Bryan comes down to the ring and is ready to get the match started, but just before the match starts, Takamich Noko and Hoopintu Guerrero come out to interrupt. No, no, no! Daniel Bryan doesn't get to jump the line and get a chance at the championship. He's only been here for a few weeks. You have great talent in guys like the Juice and Takamich Noku. Hoovy explains. Taka starts next. Daniel Bryan, what makes you think that you can cut us in line and take an opportunity from us? Daniel Bryan looks confused before grabbing a microphone and saying, you guys know that I made both of you tap out, right? And the crowd starts chanting, you tapped out, you tapped out, to Hoovy and Taka. Hoovy screams out, that doesn't matter. 
That doesn't even count. That was for the AWC title. That's not even canon here. This is PTC. AWC is dead. You'll get to come here and take opportunities from us. AJ Styles snatches the microphone from uh, Daniel Bryan. I don't care if all three of you get in this ring. I'll beat every single one of you because I am the best in the world. Daniel Bryan takes exception to this and snatches the microphone back. No, AJ, I'm the best in the world. AJ and Bryan get in each other's faces and start to argue, but primetime Travis Key's music hits, and he comes out. Gentlemen, 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 I have a better idea. I see four men that are ready for a fight. Now, I'm no Teddy Long, but I think I know what to do. Tonight on Livewire, the main event will be AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan in a tag team match against Takamichi Noku and Juventud Guerrera. And The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about that? The crowd cheers on with yes chance. So the 27-minute tag team main event uh, ends with Takamichi Noku tapping to the cap crusher while Juventud Guerrera simultaneously taps out to the LaBelle Luck. Uh, on Alpha, Dan Bryan opens up Alpha with a promo. Guys, look, I think we've come to a point that we can't dance around anymore. Two men have come out for weeks and claimed to be the very best wrestler in the world and to be the best, be the true cruiserweight champion. But I know, you know, and AJ Styles knows there can only be one. One man has to be the best in the world, and there's only one way to find out. Sorry, I lost my place. Uh... Best in the world. There's only one way to find out which one it is. AJ, I came out here tonight to tell you that I am officially challenging you for the PTC Cruiserweight Championship at TakeOver One Shot in Glory. The catch, however, is that I will also put my AWC Cruiserweight Championship title on the line. Winner takes all. One man is named the best in the world. Together, we unify the titles and prove to the world who the best really is. Hope you're ready, AJ, because I've been waiting for this moment for weeks. See you there. Um, so on Livewire the next week, Daniel Bryan and Gregory Helms have a 21 minute title match. Uh, but Daniel Bryan, uh, finishes the match with a stacked roll up. Styles has a rematch with Ultimo Dragon on Rebellion that lasts twice as long as his first match. Um, but the ending was the same with him pinning Ultimo Dragon after the Styles Clash. So an Alpha, the last Alpha before, or the last show before, uh, TakeOver. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, and Primetime Travitier in the ring with a desk and a black velvet rug for the contract signing. Primetime Travitier opens the segment. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by AWC Cruiserweight Champion Daniel Bryan, as well as PTC Cruiserweight Champion AJ Styles. These two men will do battle to unify... Sorry, my screen just did something stupid. Uh, these two men will do battle to unify the championships tomorrow night, but we first must sign the contract to make the match official. Gentlemen, you both have read through and agreed to the terms previously in the evening. Please grab a pen and sign the contract. AJ Styles grabs a microphone instead of a pen. Daniel, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for extending this offer. I know you have been dubbed the Cruiserweight Conqueror as you have traveled the world as AWC Cruiserweight Champion, defending that title in all kinds of promotions to any and all challengers. You've gone one-on-one -on -one with the best of the best, but you have never faced me. Daniel, I respect you more than I respect anyone else in the world. You embody what it means to be a champion. I admire that. But like you said here last week, there can only be one. I intend to be that one. I intend to prove to the world that I am the greatest wrestler in the world. When I do, it will be my honor to continue the traditions of AWC as a fighting champion. Styles puts the microphone down and signs the contract. Brian now grabs the microphone and speaks to Styles. AJ, you're right. I haven't ever faced you, but that's not for a lack of trying. 
I held multiple open challenges. I came out and I answered your open challenge. And I even tried to come to PTC and challenge you when AWC was still active. But, Travi, you told us no. You told us that PTC wasn't interested in a talent exchange of any sort, which is fine. But it told me something. You know what it told me, AJ? It told me that your boss didn't believe you could beat me. You know what it told me when every other cruiserweight back there answered my challenges except you? It told me that you don't believe you can beat me either. I appreciate your respect, but I'm here to tell you that between these ropes, once that bell rings, respect goes out the window, and I'm coming to keep, kick your freaking head in. Signing this contract is an honor because I will keep AWC alive by beating you and taking your title and once again proving that I am the greatest wrestler on the planet. AJ, take a good, hard look at me because despite, despite what you say, despite what you may believe, what you're looking at right now this is Alpha. Brian slams the mic down and signs the contract. Primetime Travis Key speaks again. Guys, those of you watching at home don't understand this intensity right now. You can cut the air with a knife. Guys, let's get this table out of the way and let's have a, a standoff. So four men in all black roll into the ring, pull the table and chairs out of the ring, and Brian and Styles come nose to nose for a faceoff. Travis Key taps both men on the shoulders and they separate. Both men hold their titles up to the hard camera as the show ends and the screen fades to black. All right, so AWC Cruiserweight Champion is out first. Daniel Bryan walks out to a roar of yes chance. Daniel Bryan's wearing a Phoenix-inspired outfit, orange with red and yellow accents and flames. Uh, Daniel Bryan walks to the ring, hands the referee his, the belt, and begins to stretch as AJ Styles' music fills the arena. AJ walks out in his regular black gear, but with green accents instead of blue. Uh, AJ walks to the ring, and from the time he gets in the ring, his eyes are locked with Daniel Bryan's. AJ Styles gives the referee the PTC championship, and Lillian Garcia introduces each man to the crowd. Both belts are presented to the competitors in the audience, and the referee calls for the bell. Daniel Bryan smiles at AJ and asks if he's ready. AJ smirks and nods his head. Both men shake hands and begin to circle the ring. The two men lock up with a collar and elbow tie-up. Daniel Bryan hits Styles with a headlock takeover, and Styles counters with a head scissors. Bryan follows up with a leg scissors and transitions immediately into the label lock. Uh, Styles was prepared for this and rolled over for a rolls Brian over for a pin attempt. Brian lets go of the hold to stop the count at one. As Brian goes to stand up, Styles picks the ankle and locks in the calf pressure. Daniel Bryan pushes himself to a three point stance and uh, rolls through to break the calf pressure. Brian grabs the ankle of AJ Styles and locks in an ankle lock. And now AJ now pushes himself to the three point base, then to one foot, turning towards Daniel Bryan and hits him with an enziguri, dropping Brian to one knee. As Brian stands back up, Styles hits him with a drop kick, sending Brian, Brian rolling. Brian leaps back up and eats a Pele kick from Styles straight to the jaw. Styles follows up with a lion salt to Brian and covers Brian for a one count. Both men stand back up and are smiling at each other as they circle the ring. Styles tells Brian that he isn't as fast or agile as Styles is. Brian smirks at Styles, and both men leap back to the center for a collar and elbow tie up. Brian again wins the exchange, grabbing a cravat headlock. Brian wastes no time laying a multiple hard, stiff knee strikes to the skull of Styles while holding the cravat headlock. Brian then hits a cravat suplex out of nowhere. Styles rolls off his shoulders and onto his knees, and Brian instantly hits multiple stiff yes kicks to the chest of uh, Styles. As Styles collapses to the mat, gra Brian grabs a double wrist lock and starts stomping on the head, neck, and chest of AJ Styles. Brian then looks down and tells him, I don't need to be fast because I am more vicious before locking a body scissors and a double arm crossface chicken wing. Brian quickly trans transitions into a crucifix position and starts laying in with hard elbows to the skull. 
Uh, Brian breaks the crucifix and stalks around AJ Styles. However, Styles kips up into a Frankensteiner and sends, sending Brian flying. Styles then grabs uh, Brian and hits him with a bloody Sunday and goes for the pin. Again, Brian kicks out almost instantly after the one count. Styles and Brian rise back to their feet, and Brian throws Styles to the mat with a belly-to-belly suplex. Styles bounces up and is met instantaneously with a belly-to-back suplex. Styles tries to bounce up, but Brian grabs a hold of his waist and once again sends Styles for a ride this time with a German suplex. Brian springs back to his feet, hits the ropes, nailing Styles with a leaping leg lariat as Styles stands up. Brian bolts to his feet, hitting the ropes again, but though this time he hits, uh, he is met with a discus clothesline from Styles. Styles lifts Brian to his shoulders for a fireman's carry and puts him down with an Ushigarashi, which is like a basically an FU onto the knee. Back of the head hits the knee. Uh, Styles then climbs to the top rope and hits a diving knee drop onto Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles then goes to springboard, but uh, Bryan pushes him off the ropes and tent- tumbling to the outside. Daniel Bryan runs to the opposite side of the ring and back, hitting a suicide dive to the outside. Bryan doesn't let Styles rest. Bryan pulls AJ Styles to his feet and hits him with a tiger suplex into the barricade. Uh, Bryan pulls Styles to his feet. Irish whips him into the steps. However, Styles leaps on top of the steps and then onto the middle rope, hitting a springboard moonsault, transition, transitioned into a DDT on Bryan. So he like... As he's Irish whipping, he just steps up onto the thing and jumps off the steps onto the middle rope springboards. Does that make sense? Uh, Styles pulls himself up uh, with the barricade and points to his head, saying he's one step ahead of Daniel Bryan. He's like, Styles drags Bryan back in the ring and places him on the apron. Styles climbs on the apron and hits Bryan with a brain buster onto the hardest part of the ring. Styles rolls into the ring and out to break the count of the referee. Styles grabs Daniel Bryan. Irish whips him head first into the steel post once more. Um, Styles throws Bryan into the ring and starts to climb to the top rope. The camera zooms in on Daniel Bryan. You can see he is now sporting the crimson mask. Styles jolts from the top rope and nails Bryan with a 450 splash. Styles covers Bryan for the pin, but Bryan kicks out at two. AJ Styles pulls Bryan to his feet and hits him with a double underhook gourd buster before pulling Brian back up to his feet and hits him with a tornado DDT. AJ Styles drags Brian to the center of the ring and locks in a moodle lock. Uh, Brian is shouting out in pain as Styles cinches it tighter and tighter, but then out of nowhere, Brian reverses the moodle lock into a heel hook. And Styles immediately, immediately starts kicking at the face and neck of Daniel Bryan, forcing Brian to break the hold. Styles and Brian both scramble to their feet, and Brian hits Styles with a snap underhook suplex and follows up with a jumping knee drop to the skull of Styles. Brian pulls Styles up and connects multiple stiff European uppercuts, followed by a discus elbow smash, sending Styles falling through the ropes to the outside. Styles pulls himself back up, but is hit with a high knee from the apron. Brian stands up, or apron by Brian. Styles stands up and eats a roundhouse kick from Brian. Brian grabs Styles and hits him with multiple hard headbutts before slamming the skull of Styles under the steel steps repeatedly. Brian grabs AJ Styles and drops him with a stun gun on the barricade. Brian goes to grab Styles, but Styles drives uh, Brian into the apron of the ring and then hits a hard Irish whip into the barricade. Styles throws Brian in the ring and rolls in himself. Both men are on their feet and bleeding profusely from their head. They are standing toe-to-toe, staring into each other's eyes, neither man flinching. The crowd hits dueling chants of, This is Alpha and PTC. The two men look out to the crowd and back to one another before nodding and starting throwing Stiff right hands at one another. Brian gets the upper hand and wraps both hands in the hair of Styles and hits him with 10 consecutive hard, stiff headbutts. Styles is dead on his feet. Brian Irish whips him to the corner and hits a drop kick almost immediately. 
Brian points to Styles and signals he's sitting into the top rope. Much to the crowd's excitement, Brian lifts Styles to the top rope and climbs up after him. Brian hits a couple more stiff shots to the skull of AJ Styles before hitting a superplex, sending both men crashing to the mat. Brian crawls over and covers Styles, but Styles somehow kicks out. Brian can't believe it. He pulls Styles up to his feet and goes for a vertical suplex, but Styles blocks him. Brian tries again, but again is blocked. Brian tries for a third time, but is blocked one last time, and Styles hits a snap suplex into the turnbuckles. AJ Styles grabs Brian and hits him with a German suplex, followed by a belly-to-back wheelbarrow facebuster. Styles follows uh, this with a high-angle belly-to-back suplex, flinging Brian across the room. Styles pulls Brian back to his feet and nails a kneeling gonzo bomb, and he signals to the crowd that it's all over, climbing to the outside of the apron and willing Brian to his feet. As uh, Brian stands, Styles springboards in with a phenomenal forearm. Styles covers for Brian, Brian for the pin. One, two, Brian barely lifts his shoulder up. AJ Styles looks defeated, but gets up and drags Brian's body in front of the corner. Styles climbs to the top rope and leaps down for a frog splash, but Daniel Bryan counters him at the last second, catching Styles in a triangle choke. Styles is panicked as he flails on the mat, and Brian holds the triangle choke. Styles eventually regains composure and gets his feet planted on the canvas and deadlifts Brian into the air, presumably for a powerbomb. However, Brian adjusts and drops, breaking the triangle choke and tackling Styles into the corner. Uh, Brian continues with multiple stiff shoulders to thrust into the corner before lifting Styles to the top rope. Brian climbs up, climbs up after him, throwing a few right hands at Styles before turning him around on, on the top rope and delivering a belly-to-back superplex. Both men are down and out on the mat. The referee begins to count to 10 for the double knockout. As the ref gets to nine, both men barely get back to their feet. The two competitors stumble to the center of the ring, and Brian connects with a front missile dropkick. Daniel Bryan then locks in the Dragon Sleeper surfboard on Styles. Styles is shouting out in pain as Daniel Bryan wears him down. Uh, finally, Br- Brian breaks his own hold but keeps his legs locked. Brian stands up and jumps up and down repeatedly uh, on the knees of AJ Styles. Brian then instantly locks in a single leg Boston Crab. Styles is screaming out and crawling to the ropes. Finally, Styles is able to grab the ropes. But as soon as uh, Brian breaks the hold, he grabs Styles by the ankle and throws Styles to the center of the ring. Brian pulls Styles up and Irish whips him. AJ reverses Brian and hops into a crucifix, like a standing crucifix position. And transitions into a DDT. Styles pulls up Brian up and hits a backbreaker, followed by a gut buster. Uh, Styles then pulls Brian into the corner, climbs to the top rope, and leaps down, nailing Brian with a spiral tap. Styles covers Brian for the pin, hooking the leg one, two, but again, Brian kicks out at the last second. Styles pulls Brian to his feet and pulls him up for a vertical suplex, but Brian drops behind Styles and locks in the sleeper hold. Styles struggles, but. Um, Brian has a sleeper sleeper locked in deep. Styles drops to one knee, then a second. At this point, Brian breaks the hold and jumps in midair and hits a double foot stomp onto the back of the head of Styles. Uh, Brian then locks in a guillotine choke on AJ Styles, trying to force the phenomenal one to surrender. Styles' instincts kick in and he pushes himself to his feet and stands on his tiptoes, forcing Brian's shoulders to the mat. The referee begins to count and Brian swivels his hips, lifting his shoulders from the mat and also flipping Styles off his feet. Uh, while and while all the while keeping his guillotine locked in. Brian now begins to kick Styles in the midsection while he holds onto the choke. Styles looks like he's going out. The referee picks up his hand and drops it. The ref grabs his hand a second time, and again it falls. A third time, the ref lifts Styles' hands, but halfway down, Styles stops it from the hand from falling. Styles is still in it. Brian kicks Styles in the abdomen even harder. Styles is flailing, trying to break the hold, and finally he gets the tip of his toe on the bottom rope, forcing a rope break. 
Brian looks extremely frustrated before pulling Styles up to his feet, hitting him with a dragon suplex. Brian pulls Styles to the center of the ring and locks in an Indian deathlock. Styles is visibly struggling to hold on. Finally, in a last-ditch effort, Styles starts throwing right hands at Brian. Uh, Brian begins to cover up, but eventually starts throwing right hands back. So they're both they're locked in the Indian deathlock and they're both trading punches. Um, eventually, Brian breaks the hold and both men continue brawling as they rise to their feet. Styles gains the upper hand and hits Brian with a phenomenal blitz. Uh, Styles pulls Brian to his feet and signals to the crowd for the Styles Clash. Styles pulls Brian up and nails him with the Styles Clash. Styles rolls over Brian over for the pin. One, two, kick out at the last second again. Styles looks like he doesn't know what it's going to take to beat Brian. Styles pulls Brian up for an, another Styles Clash. Brian reverses Styles and hits uh, Styles with a double underhook float over suplex and instantly transitions into a cross arm breaker. AJ Styles is flailing to break the hold and is able to flip over onto his stomach. Brian uses this to his advantage and transitions into a lapel lock. Styles again tries to roll through like he had done earlier, but Brian is ready for this. As Styles rolls through, Brian breaks the hold and hits Styles with a Busaiku knee as he gets to his feet. Brian covers Styles for the pin. One, two, kick out at the last second for AJ Styles. Brian remains composed and goes to the corner and squats down. Brian starts a yes chant as AJ Styles lays on the mat. As the champs reach their loudest, Styles stands and turns into a second consecutive Busaiku knee. Brian covers Styles and goes for the pin. One, two, three. The referee calls for the bell, and Brian sits on his knees in the center of the ring. Brian's music fills the arena and is echoed with This is Alpha, yes, 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 chance. The referee hands both both belts to Brian, and Daniel climbs the turnbuckle and leads the crowd in yes, chance with a belt in both hands. Daniel Bryan drops down, and when he turns around, he sees AJ Styles standing in the center of the ring. But Brian and Styles are staring at each other, dead hand in the center of the ring. Styles extends his hand, and Brian shakes it. Styles raises Brian's hand and rolls out of the ring as a sign of respect for David Bryan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who wants to go first? Give me a minute. I uh, don't quite have a number yet, so I'm just kind of calculating in my head, doing some quick Steiner math. (laughs) This is the shit. John gets a a good mic, but his computer. (laughs) Literally the day that I finally get a real mic to do this. My laptop charger eats shit, so I'm without a webcam <laughs> now. Uh, doing it from a PC, so amateur hour, I guess. Um, I'm gonna say, Travis, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in this, there's also a lot of fluff there. Okay, you reminded me quite a bit of me writing college papers, and when I really had <laughs> 10 pages of material and I needed to turn it to 17. <laughs> okay. That, Such I, as what though? Such as what? Like, give me some constructive. Um, I, I I just feel like it was. How do I put it? I'm tr- I give you too much info. I, yeah, yeah. I, feel, I do feel like it was too much information, and like it. After a little bit, like I feel like it's just hard to keep up with. I'm just like kind of getting whiplash with all the information. Like my brain just kind of melted at some point. Um, This match is going to be fire. So you you know, you're going to get a pretty decent score just off the, you know, you put Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles in the same ring. Like that's a cheat code. Um, (laughs) So the buyout story is pretty all right. Don't love the, who's the real champion thing. Uh, But you know, it's just, it's a common story device. Didn't we do that, Damone? 
Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, and I didn't love it then either. <laughs> gave it a five. I was saying that yeah. we, did, we did great. Yeah, it was, that was that was. To be fair, I was just so. I think I was just so scared you're gonna have the wrong person win that when you did it, I was like, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Travis, I'm gonna give you a three point five. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give you a four. So a couple of things. Oh, I have a question. It, sure. it could uh, change your your score a little bit. Okay. Um, did you say it was Daniel Bryan versus AJ for the first time, or something like that? Like they never faced each other before. He never. He never defended his title against them. He never okay. defended the AWC title. Okay. So I'll give you. A, I'll give you four dollars and five cents. Um. So why? <laughs> <laughs> some of the things I I kind of there was a lot of information, but I'm not going to ding you too much for that. Um, I do kind of feel like you buried the rest of the division. Like you went really hard on the uh, Hoovy Hoovy losing multiple times, Ultima losing multiple times. I just feel like you. They're, buried they're having them. they're having thirty plus minute matches. I understand, but they're like they're, <laughs> they're not getting squashed. But they're okay. they tapped out like a bunch. And no, Hoovy Hoovy tapped out twice. Hoobie and Takamichi Noku tapped out twice. But those are I've got a a decent um roster. So, yeah, but yeah, of the ones, of the people we the people we next. saw got okay. kind of yeah. like they got people pushed out. Like, <laughs> right, I understand. But I, I wish it kind of had like more of a variety on who they were doing they were doing the open challenges. It wasn't just those two repeatedly. It wasn't. There was there was like five people that answered the open challenges. Brian it Helms like, or Brian Brian Pillman, Gregory Helms. Um I forgot about Helms and Pillman because that was like before I where we that. are. So, yeah, I just brought Taka Michinoku and Hoovy back in for the tag team match. That's why you're focused on them. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily care about the tag team match either. And I also felt like you kind of did with a lot of... I think you overdid the false finishes. Like, I think there were a little too many. In the, in um, the match. In, in the, the match, match itself, match. yeah. Gotcha. I okay. feel like there was a little bit too many false finishes. Like, you had AJ, you had them hit every finisher they have yes. ever had. Yes, and it was never enough. Also, I feel like, 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 kind of Daniel Bryan in this. Like, I get that they're neither are, are as purely a heel, but I feel like neither of them played that heel role in the match. Which usually you have someone being more of a heel, and I feel like neither of them were. I would say, well, I would disagree with that. I would say that Daniel Bryan played the heel because he was literally stomping on the head and neck of AJ Styles. He, he had AJ Styles was in an execution position. He jumped up and stomped on the back of his head. I wouldn't say that's a heel thing, though. That just I, I would say that's and I would <laughs> I just say that's being brutal. Like he's yeah. a he's a heart. He hits hard. Like I, I'll I, give I, Travis the I'll give Travis the W on that. That is a very heel thing to do. Yeah, Daniel Bryan was the heel in this and was working as the heel. Okay. In, in, but in I didn't match. take too much off for that. But yeah, four dollars and five cents. Okay. I appreciate that. Uh Kenny, Kenny if you're talking, you're, you're muted. Can you hear me now? Technology. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So um I forgot my mic was fucked up. Like, I put this in on my mic too. But um I personally think with this with the storyline, like the match was good. I think the actual story behind it was kind of bland, just a little okay. bland. Like, um, I mean, it's kind of 
we kind of seen this like best. Like, it's kind of hard. Like I'm still trying to look for. Yeah, it's title versus title, so it's not really too much you can really do with that. Besides, oh, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. It's kind of like that, which is not really like my kind of thing. But I get, I get it. So, so I gave you a three point seven five for that instead of like, um, you know, the, the whole four. So that's, but that's mostly for the match. Like, like I said, the whole build up, I wouldn't have really cared for the build up. With uh, with you know, Hoovy and all of them, I wouldn't have really cared, but like, but I get what you was trying to do. But yeah, like I said, I gave you a 3.75. Like I said, it was mainly for the match. Like I said, the rest of it was a little, little more bland and kind of just like, okay, just felt kind of WWE ish with the tag, with the tag with the person you're going to go up against. Like, okay, that's not that's not really my thing, but I but I get what you was trying to do, Mike. Oh, yeah, time for high five, Mike. <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm on the same boat. I like the match. Um, I there there was a lot of information. That's fair. Going yeah. on, there's I'll, a lot I'll, of a lot time. of information. Maybe we're just out of practice. Uh, He's Doctor Travi T now. <laughs> he wrote a dissertation. <laughs> next next pay per view I'll do or next for here on out I will give you Travis pulling up and joining the private practice it, on BB. Next next <laughs> next next time it's gonna be one sentence for every. No, <laughs> Um, they hate I'm each gonna other. go they, they with. I'm gonna go with. I didn't overall, I like it. We didn't hit the score. It broke up. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. I appreciate you, Mike. What did John give me again? Three point five. Three point five. Yeah. Okay. I'm not mad at that. I'm All the right. Biggest hater. So. <laughs> I, I hate John without a, a video <laughs> and the voice he's doing. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like Batman. I'm gonna try to give you guys less. Yeah, y'all regret this mic now because <laughs> uh, it's not as much like promos and stuff with this. But all right, so live wire week one. Brian Pillman and Al Snow have a back and forth uh, match lasting about 15 minutes, but in the end, Al Snow dodges a springboard lariat and hits a snowplow for the pin and the win. After the match, Raven joins Al Snow in the ring and extends a hand to Pillman as a symbol of an invitation to join Snow in Raven's block. Pillman smacks his hand away and rolls out of the ring frustrated. Uh, Friday night, that Friday night on Rebellion, Brian Pillman and Lance Storm have a great match. Uh, but again, Pillman loses uh, as he goes for the springboard lariat and gets caught with a super kick from uh, Storm. On that same night, Gregory Helms faces Jamie Noble in a in a twenty five minute match, and J- Gregory Helms gets the win. Uh, Haku and Pillman have a match on the first episode of Alpha, uh, but Haku steamrolls through through Brian Pillman. Uh, Brian Pillman then faces Rocky Johnson on Livewire. Um, this is this build is a lot of matches, so I'm just gonna like speed okay. through the matches to get you That's guys. Basically, you just need the the gist of who's winning and who's losing. Okay. Um, Rocky Johnson and Brian Pillman have a together match, but after 18 minutes, uh, Rocky Johnson catches Pillman during a moonsault and hits a leaping power slam for the pen and the win. Um, Brian Pillman out answers one of the open challenges for uh, AJ Styles. And the two put on a clinic last about 36 minutes. But uh, at the end of the day, Brian Pillman almost walks away with the cruiserweight title, but AJ Styles holds him off and wins with a Styles clash. Gregory Helms faces Charlie Haas and uh, gets the victory again with a nightmare on Helm Street. Brian Pillman and Tyler Breeze have a competitive match on Alpha, lasting 23 minutes, but as Pillman goes for a springboard lariat, Breeze counters with a beauty shot for the pin to retain the Intercontinental Championship. I just thought that would be cool with the springboard getting caught by the, the beauty shot. Um, so on Livewire, Brian Pillman and Jamie Noble have a competitive match 
but Noble reverses the springboard lariat into a cross arm bar, forcing Brian Pillman to tap out. Uh, on Rebellion, Gregory Helms and Brian Pillman uh, go to war for a 27-minute match. Pillman ends up reversing Nightmare on Helm Street into a tombstone piledriver, but is caught with a roll-up pin later in the match and loses to Gregory Helms. So Renee Young is seen backstage after this match with a visibly frustrated, some, somewhat psychotic-looking Brian Pillman. Brian, despite being in multiple Match of the Year candidates and staying in a very competitive, you have been on a bit of a skid, not able to come away with a victory at all in the past few weeks. What do you contribute that to? Brian Pillman snatches the microphone from Young and looks deadpanned in the camera. Helms! Helms, I know I can beat you. You know I can beat you. I want my rematch. I want one more chance to show you you escaped through the fluke. I'm going to snap this losing streak. I'm going to prove to you in the world that I can't beat you. Pillman spikes the microphone and walks off set, knocking down multiple set pieces on his way out. Uh, Gregory Helms versus Daniel Bryan. Gregory... Helms challenges Daniel Bryan for the AWC Cruiserweight Champion on Livewire uh, in an open challenge, and but Daniel Bryan steals the victory with a sack roll-up. Uh, after the match, Bryan Pillman walks out and with a microphone in hand. Gregory, now you two know how it feels. You know how it feels to be so close but lose on the technicality. Please, give me one more shot. Now that we have common ground and you have experienced exactly what I have, give me another chance. Give me a rematch. Gregory Helms looks frustrated and confused, and he shakes his head no in disbelief and walks past Pillman. And exits the ring. Pillman rolls out of the ring and runs up the ramp, blocking Helms' path. Gregory, don't you do this to me. Don't steal my happiness and ruin my career by holding on to this win you know you don't deserve. Give me the chance to avenge the loss. Don't tell me no just because you know you can't beat me again. Gregory Helms looks furious and tells Pillman to get out of his way, shoulder-checking him, him as he walks past Pillman. And the show ends with Pillman looking dejected. Uh, that Friday on Rebellion, Renee Young is seen, with, uh, is seen backstage with Gregory Helms. Gregory Helms, everybody. Uh, Gregory, you came so close to you came this close to becoming AWC Cruiserweight Champion on Livewire. Tell me, what do you think is next for you? Gregory nods and replies, "Renee, I think I am good enough to win that match. I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing, keep winning, and keep jumping on opportunities, and see where that leads me." As he says this, Pillman walks up. I'm glad to hear that, Gregory. Jumping on opportunities, because boy, do I have the opportunity of a lifetime, Gregory. You and I in that ring tonight. Gregory Helms versus Brian Pillman, two in the main event of Rebellion. What do you say? Gregory Helms rolls his eyes and sighs. Dude, look, I'm not interested in facing you again. I already beat you. Beating you again gets me nowhere closer to my goals. I want to be a champion. I don't want to beat up job guys uh, to pad my record. Take some time, get your head on straight, and work your way back to the man that you used to be. Because this obsession with me is sad. Gregory walks past Pillman again, shoulder-checking him. And you can tell that Pillman is fuming. So on the go-home show to uh, take over, Gregory Helms and Ultimo Dragon are having a great match. But after only a few minutes, Brian Pillman comes out and distracts Gregory Helms. Ultimo Dragon rolls Gregory Helms up for the pin in the win. Uh, Gregory Helms grabs the microphone. Pillman, you want another match? You got it. Tomorrow night, one shot at glory. I'm putting you down once again. Brian, uh, Brian Pillman is shown smiling ear to ear, nodding yes to Helms from the top of the ramp. So Brian, Pillm Brian Pillman comes out first wearing orange trunks with black stars, an orange and black vest, and white boots. Next out is Helms wearing green and black trunks with blue and gold accents, as well as a black trench coat with green collar, black do-rag, and green sunglasses. The referee calls for the bell, and both men circle each other. Hold up, hold up. You got Gregory Helms back in the do-rag during Black History Month. Yeah. 
Disgusting. Uh, <laughs> he he hangs out with Vince on on the weekends, um, and Tessa and and uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but where was that? Uh, the referee calls for the bell, and both men circle each other. Hillman opens the action up with a drop kick, followed almost immediately by a body slam. Hillman nails Helms with a pointed elbow drop. Hillman picks Helms up, and Irish whips him into the corner and nails him with the clothesline. Hillman continues his assault with multiple stiff stomps in the corner until. Uh, Helms crumbles to the canvas. Hillman stops his assault and hypes up the crowd, and Helms rolls to the outside to recover. Hillman sees this and nails Helms with a suicide dropkick to the outside. Hillman puts Helms on the apron and pulls himself up as well. Helms starts fighting back, and both men are trading punches on the apron. A well-timed shot buys Helms an, op- an opening, and he answers with a super kick, sending Hillman crashing to the floor. Helms leaps off the apron, nailing Hillman with a diving neckbreaker. Helms Irish whips Hillman into the steel steps before grabbing him and hitting the Pillman with a snap suplex into the barricade. Helms rolls into the ring and, and back out to break the referee's count, and then climbs on the top rope. As Pillman works his way up to his feet, Helms uh, dives to the outside and connects with a Frankensteiner. Both men stumble up to their feet, and Helms hits a Pillman with a front drop kick, making Pillman crash into the steel steps again. Helms throws Pillman back in the ring and grabs hold of him almost instantly. Helms stands Pillman up and immediately takes him back down with a modified double knee backbreaker. Helms nods to the crowd as he goes to grab Pillman again, but Pillman answers with a knife-edge chop followed by a chop block to the back of the legs. Pillman picks Helms up and drops his torso under the rope for a stun gun. Helms bounces off the ropes and turns into a stiff boot to the midsection followed by a stunner from Pillman. Pillman covers Helms but only gets a two-count off the stunner. Pillman climbs to the top rope and calls for Helms to stand. As Helms gets back to his feet and turns to face Pillman, Pillman dives off the ropes with a drop kick to the chest of Helms. Pillman... Stays on Helms like a rabid dog, laying in with quick punches and forearms. Pillman finally locks in a sharpshooter on Helms. Helms is in trouble. You can see the pain he's in by the look on his face. Pillman is ready to finally break his losing streak. Helms musters up some strength and starts to crawl towards the ropes, but Pillman walks him back to the center of the ring. Helms looks like it's going to be over soon, but in a last-ditch effort, he begins to crawl again, finally getting close enough to grab the bottom rope and force a rope break. Pillman breaks the hold immediately and grabs Helms by the arm, pulling him back to his feet. Pillman Irish whips Helms into the ropes, but Helms answers with a rebound, leaping, rebound, leaping lariat takedown. Both men scramble to their feet. Helms hits the ropes and nails Pillman with a fez press. Helms pops back up and hits the ropes again, hitting Pillman, Pillman with a shining wizard. Helms pulls Pillman up to his feet and hits him with a European uppercut. As Pillman turns around, Helms grabs him by the throat with one hand, and the crowd goes crazy as they know exactly what's coming next. Helms lifts Pillman in the air and sends him crashing to the mat with a choke slam. Pillman has the wherewithal to roll to the outside to avoid being pinned. Helms won't let him get off that easy, though, as he dives to the outside with a suicide crossbody. Helms throws Pillman back into the ring and rolls on himself. Helms Irish whips from Pillman. Helms Irish whips Pillman to the ropes, but Pillman ends up hitting Helms with a fez press. Pillman then runs to the, up the turnbuckle and dives down with a corkscrew crossbody to Helms. Pillman stands up and hypes the crowd before running off the ropes and nailing Helms with a rolling wheel kick. Before continuing the sprint, off, before continuing his sprint off the ropes and hitting Helms with a flying forearm, Spil- Pillman goes for a spine buster, planting Helms into the mat. Pillman follows up almost immediately with a spike pile driver, crushing the neck and skull of Helms against the canvas. Uh, Pillman covers Helms for the pin, but at the last second, Helms kicks out. Pillman goes uh, to pull Helms to his feet, but Helms counters with a jumping neck breaker. Helms then bounces off the ropes, hits Pillman with a flying clothesline, and Helms is taunting Pillman to get him to stand up, waiting for the right moment. Just as Pillman gets to his feet, 
Helms hits him with a single leg face breaker and goes for the pin. Pillman kicks out at two, but Helms keeps the assault going, lifting Pillman to his feet with double underhooks and then throws him back to the mat with a double underhook mat slam. Helms uh, holds onto the right arm of Pillman before hitting him with an X-plex. Helms then scales to the top rope. Before he can do anything, Pillman scales up after him. The two exchange shots with one another while perched on the top rope. Finally, Pillman gains the upper hand and sends both men crashing in the mat with a super kick. Pillman scurries over for the pin, but Helms finds the resolve to kick out just before the ref counts three. Pillman can't believe it. Pillman climbs up, uh, climbs back up the top rope and drives down with a pointed elbow drop to the skull of Helms. Helms rolls around in pain, but Pillman knows this isn't, en- this isn't enough. Pillman's face breaks, something we have seen so many times in recent week. When the match seems impossible to win, he snaps. He goes mad trying to succeed. Pillman paces around the ring while Helms is holding his skull. Pillman screams out, almost out of pain and frustration. Then he begins to attack the corner, punching and kicking at the turnbuckles. Pillman eventually crumbles into a heap as he continues to cry out. Pillman cries slowly, stop, and a cold, blank expression fills his face. Pillman uses the corner to pull himself up to his feet before slowly climbing to the top rope. But just as he reaches the top rope and turns around, Helms leaps up to the top rope and grabs Pillman by the neck. Before Pillman can even even react, Helms hits a super swinging neckbreaker, sending both men to the outside of the ring. Both men are barely stirring on the ground. As the referee gets begins this count, Helms eventually uses the ring apron to pull himself up. Helms rolls into the ring at the count of eight, and but he rolls back out to the floor just before the ten count to break, to break the count. Pillman is on his feet and stumbling towards Helms as Helms rolls out of the ring. Helms grabs a hammerlock on Pillman and hits a hammerlock reverse STO into the steel steps. Surprisingly, however, Pillman immediately starts trying to move, as if his body and mind has to win even in spite of himself. Helms can't believe it. Helms grabs Pillman and uh, hits a straight jacket Russian link sweep into the barricade. Helms then throws Pillman into the ring and rolls into himself. Helms goes to grab Pillman, but Pillman pushes him off and cracks Helman, Helms with a super kick. Helms falls and lands draped over the middle rope. Pillman's r- Pillman, why am I keep saying Pillman's? Pillman runs in and hits le- a leapfrog body guillotine on Helms. Pillman pulls Helms back to his feet and hits him with a knife edge chop. Pillman then grabs Helms and hits a Russian leg sweep, immediately transitioning into a cross arm breaker with a neck scissors. Uh, Pillman breaks his own hold and starts throwing heavy right and left hands to the head and face of Helms. Pillman drags uh, Helms to the corner and lifts him up to the top row. Pillman climbs up as well and sets up for another superplex, but Helms starts fighting back and then leaps over, up and over Pillman and sends him down to the mat with a super sunset flip powerbomb. Heyman holds... Help, Heyman. Helms holds on to Pillman for the... Pin, but again, Pillman kicks out at the last second. Helms grabs Pillman and hits a Northern Light suplex almost immediately. Helms pulls up Pillman and sets up for a vertical suplex, but Pillman blocks him, answering instead with a vertical suplex of his own. Pillman and Helms are both down on the mat. Pillman slowly gets to his feet. Helms is using the ropes to pull himself up as Pillman walks up to Helms. Helms uses the ropes to aid him in a twisting head scissors takedown. Helms grabs double underhooks on Pillman and stands up before hitting back-to-back double underhook pile drivers. Helms covers Pillman for a pin, but again, Pillman's body refuses to give up. Pillman kicks out at the last second. Helms pulls uh, Pillman up and hits him with a spinning fireman's carry, dropped into a single knee face breaker. Again, Helms covers Pillman, and again, Pillman kicks out at the last second. Helms looks stunned. Helms pulls Pillman up and hits Pillman with an inverted side suplex. Helms begins to cover Pillman, but stops. Instead of pulling... Instead, pulling Pillman back up again, hitting him with a face lock shoulder breaker, immediately followed by a tilted wheel face buster. Helms looks down at Pillman almost in disbelief as to what Pillman has been able to withstand. 
maybe contemplating if he should go for the pen or not. Helms goes to grab Pillman, but Pillman fights back, hitting Helms with a hangman's neckbreaker. Helms stumbles back. Pillman rushes in and pounces with a flying clothesline. Brian Pillman grabs Helms and hits a swinging neckbreaker. Pillman climbs to the middle rope, and he hits Helms with a blockbuster. Pillman shuffles through the ropes and out to the apron. Pillman looks like a madman, screaming at Helms to stand up. The crowd is on his feet, knowing that what is coming next. As Helms gets back to his feet, Pillman jumps to the top rope and takes Helms down with a springboard lariat. Pillman rolls over just getting his one top, his one arm over Helms for the pin. Helms gets his leg on the bottom rope to stop the count at two. Pillman looks over at the foot in shock. Pillman pulls Helms into the corner and scales to the top rope by himself. Top rope himself, pulling Helms up after him. Both men are on the top rope now. It seems that Pillman is going to hit a superplex, but Helms reverses and hits a uh, nightmare on Helms Street off the top rope onto Pillman. Helms rolls over on top of Pillman for the pin. One, two, three. Uh, Who won? Helms. The the finish for me one more time. Yeah, so Pillman drags uh, Helms to the corner. They go up onto the top rope and Helm, Pillman tries to go for a um, uh, superplex, and then Helms reverses it and it hits a. Uh, he calls it Nightmare on Helm Street, but it's, it's where they like put you in the inverted DDT position, and he turns and hits the elbow. It's the eye of the hurricane as well. Yeah. So. Okay. He and he does that off the top rope for the pin. All right. Um, who wants to go first? I have thoughts, but not quite a number. I might find my number as I give my thoughts. Um, I'm going to say, Travis, is that um, this one isn't going to have just the automatic W of, like, you know, the two wrestlers in it, in my opinion. Um, I will say that the match you described was pretty solid. I mean, you, you definitely put a lot into your matches. And I see that you're, the storytelling you're trying to do in the ring, I, I don't leave that unnoticed. I feel like the build was, re- it didn't entertain me. Like, okay. there was just nothing in it that made me say, wow, that was funny, or that was interesting, or that was, you know. There's just nothing in the build that entertained me, but the match was solid. Um, hmm. I'm going to let others go because I don't want to okay. be a hater with this okay. number. I don't want to be unreasonable. Okay. Um. So I agree. The match itself you've described was good. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Just going <laughs> based off of the names. I like both of them, but I don't know how their chemistry would be. Um. But I do agree the build I don't, I'm not a huge fan of. Um. I also, I because I really have, the way it was built, I really had no reason to care about Um. Brian Pillman. Also, I don't like that the match was decided the week before that he agrees to it just because he lost a match on a roll-up. Um, also, you did you say that Brian Pillman had an Intercontinental title shot in there? There's an open challenge. Okay, because I'm like, how the hell did he get an Intercontinental he, he, he title tried, shot? He challenges for two titles. In it. So basically, summarize the story is that Pillman's like going out here and having like match of the year candidates, but every no, time, like, one screws himself over at the end and like he's he loses by like lunacy like he's he's a lunatic he's unhinged and he and when he doesn't get an easy win he like ends up losing the match for himself and then he becomes obsessed with trying to to beat gregory helps okay um so 
I, the, like I said, the story was it was okay. It was nothing special. Um, okay. Also, I don't like. I think the wrong person won. I think okay. Brian Pillman should have won, especially. I understand you might have stuff in the future. I was, I was say, I get, before, only... you, before you do that, I know you're only going to grade me on this, and I expected to get to get points off for the that. But I just want to say for those of you that don't notice now, there is foreshadowing in this feud for something later. So right. Um, so we're uh, we're getting um, this Brian Pillman sting. Um, so um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but punished Pillman, <laughs> but I like I said, I don't, I think the wrong person won. I understand, understand. So I got to go based off of um, what you pres- right what we what we are listening to right now, but especially after you had Brian Pillman have a mental breakdown and cry pretty much in the middle of the match to have him Soft. then lose. Yeah, he's looking um, as, especially soft. after going off after having like twenty losses in a row, having a mental. He might not have cried, but he had like he a mental, cried out. Yeah, he cried. He had a mental breakdown in the middle of yeah, the definitely night, did. and then loses anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a. <laughs> but this is a common thing that that's not I didn't describe in the matches properly. Is that he's constantly having these mental breakdowns? Yeah, I'm gonna so give that's, you that's a two point seven five. Okay. Okay, yeah. so now that yeah. Damone said it, it made it sound like I'm not being a hater because that was the exact number I was thinking, but I really thought I was going to come off like an asshole. So that's a 2.75. Okay. I, I honestly was thinking the exact same thing number-wise. Um, not to be a follower or anything like that, but um, I just personally think like so, – so, so, so you know why I'm giving you this. Like sure. basically the, the build was – I'm not really – I'm just not a fan of the Damian Priest – uh Brian Pill, I'm not a fan of that kind of thing. Like, oh, like, like they're unhinged, and it's like you don't know what they're gonna do, and it costs them the match because they don't know what they're gonna do. Like when it usually ends in DQ and shit like that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that kind of shit. Like, if you're gonna yeah. go, I feel like, I feel like if you're gonna go that side, we have to fear it because yeah, if, like we're scared of this, but we have to be scared of. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, give me something to be scared of. If you, if you, right. if you're gonna, if you're gonna turn in this thing and lose, it's like okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And also, if it weren't for traditional DQ rules, they would have no value whatsoever. Especially the Damian Priest more than this. But like, I was like, yeah, this is he doesn't get DQ'd. He usually oh, yeah, like, yeah. makes dumb mistakes. Yeah. yeah. No, no. In the Priest's case, in Priest's case, if it's BBW like DQ rules, he's lost his title match one. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing is that. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, that, go ahead and grade. Yeah, because I'm not trying to. No, you're good. Yeah, oh, I was going to uh, – the kind of piggyback on what uh, Kenny was saying, if you uh, – there's no reason to be afraid of him. Like, yeah, you're unhinged, you're crazy, but you still lose. I still beat you, so I just got to wait. So you would say that there's something missing from his from – There's him. something missing, like him okay. – cool. Yeah, there's something missing, yeah. Okay, good. He, he lacks the edge he needs that's, also. That was, that yeah. was, that's that's what I was trying to say. I'm getting like negative points for, which is fine. Like I kind of expected that because like I told you guys off air that this is like a setup show, like to set up my stories going forward. So I'm glad you guys are at least seeing that he does need something. Something, right. Because something's coming. So Mike? I think he needs uh, a 4.5. Let's go! I liked it. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Let's go, Mike. It's because it's it's Brian Pillman's thing. (laughs) Mike got the crack pizza. (laughs) I'm here for it, man. Let's go. Give me that unpredictable shit. Let's go. All right. So moving right along. Uh, 
Week one, Rebellion. Sarah Del Rey comes out uh, with a microphone in hand for the main event of Rebellion. Del Rey looks out to the crowd that is just drowning her in booze, and she has the smuggest smirk on her face. Del Rey begins talking to the crowd. Last Sunday, I proved once and again that I am the greatest woman on the planet. I heard the pundits tell you all that Nikki Bella would win and take over Overkill. I saw the headlines that said Sarah Del Rey had no chance at taking the title off the great powerhouse Nikki Bella. I felt the passion behind the fan base of Nikki Bella. When I walked out to this ring, I looked her in her eyes, and I smelled fear in the air from Nikki Bella. And in the end, I tasted the sweetness of victory when I made Nikki Bella tap out. Nikki Bella told, told the world that once I lost, I would never get a second shot at her title. Well, Nikki, now that you lost, you'll never get a shot at my title. Every last one of you dubbed me, or every last one of you doubted me. You said I was a jackal and Nikki Bella was a lioness. I could not match your power. I could not match your ferocity. I could not last in the ring with Nikki Bella. But what do you say now? Sarah Del De- De- shouts to the crowd as she holds the uh, Women's World Championship in the air. What do you say now when I hold this world, hold the world on my shoulders? What do you say? <clears throat> Sorry. How do you like me now? <laughs> what do you say now when I not only lasted, but I took Nikki Bella to depths she's never seen and she drowned? What do you say when you look me in the eyes as the Women's World Champion? You say nothing. You get on your knees and you bow to the queen of professional wrestling and you thank her for being the greatest woman alive. I scratched and clawed my way to the throne and now there's nobody back there that can even last with, with Sarah Del Rey. Sarah Del Rey drops the crowd or drops the microphone and holds the title above her head with a demented smile as the crowd boos her and her music plays. So one week later on um, Rebellion, Sarah Del Rey is carried to the ring by scantily clad muscular men uh, on like one of those little, you know, like the <laughs> things they fall on the shoulders. And she's kept, she's on I the hated side. the description. <laughs> scantily clad muscular men? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. wrestling, Kenny. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I, no, I don't like the description, though. <laughs> Big meaty men carrying women. That's right. Scantily uh, clad muscular men. The ring has a blue, royal blue velvet rug over the canvas, a throne atop a pedestal, and Lay Cool waiting in the ring. Del Rey steps into the ring and grabs a microphone. Last week, I told you I am the queen of professional wrestling. Tonight, we make that official. Tonight, I am crowned as the greatest woman alive. I am joined by my closest confidants, Layla L. and Michelle McCool. The only two women that are smart enough to know that there is nobody in that locker room that can last with Sarah, Sarah Del Rey. The only two women to know their place is one step behind greatness. The only women, two women to have my back before I put Nikki Bella down. The only two women I can call my friends. Ladies, I asked you here for one very important task. As a sign of your loyalty to me, as a sign that you will not conspire against me in my reign, as a vow that you will never challenge me for the Women's World Championship, please lift the crown and place it upon my head. Sarah Delray sits on the throne. And has her arms extended like this as she waits for Lay Cool. Lay Cool looks at one another, seemingly unsure on whether they should do it or not. After some hesitation, the two grab the crown, still looking unsure, but they place the crown on the head of Sarah Del Rey. Thank you, my sisters. Thank you for your loyalty. And do not think this gesture has gone unnoticed. I am officially declaring you as the royal guard. You will bask in my glory and reap the rewards of, of being by my side. Now Are you gonna get some side the- quests too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you made me lose my fucking spot. <laughs> now you will bask in my glory and reap the reward rewards of being by my side. Now for the rest of the locker room, 
know that treason to the queen will not be tolerated. Anyone found to be conspiring against the reign of the queen will be dealt with quickly and concisely. So make your decision sooner rather than later. Choose to live your life in the mediocrity and accept that you will never be as good as Sarah Del Rey or choose to be eliminated and forever be an object of obscurity once the queen and her royal guard dispose of you. The three women staring at the camera as the screen fades to black. Uh, on Livewire the next week, uh, Mean Gene is shown in the interview area. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Gene Oakland, and I am joined by Primetime Ch Championships Women's World Champion Sarah Del Rey and her cohorts Layla L. and Michelle McCool. Sarah, the PTC universe has been ablaze with wonderings on who might be your next challenger. What can you tell us? Sarah Del Rey chuckles before answering. Gene, do you really think that there's even anyone out there that can face me for this championship? Who in that locker room can last with Sarah Del Rey? Nobody. There's nobody that can last with me. And that includes you, old man. I see the way you look at me. You haven't taken your eyes off my curve since I walked up. Pathetic little man. Mean Gene retorts, well, I can honestly tell you I wasn't looking at your curves, but you mean to tell me that you don't believe anyone that can hang with you in those ropes? Delray laughs again. There's no way that anyone can walk down to that ring, step between those ropes, and match what I give, let alone top it. Gina, I am the greatest woman alive. I am the queen of professional wrestling. And then the queen and the royal guard walk off the set. When rebellion that week, uh, Sarah Delray and Lake Cool walk to the ring, and Delray starts talking. Three weeks I have been champion. For three weeks, the media has run wild, speculating who will challenge me at TakeOver One Shot at Glory. But yet, you cowards stay in the locker room. I don't blame you. There's nobody back there that can handle the greatness of Sarah Del Rey. So keep your pathetic selves back there. Hide behind your bogus excuses. Live to fight another day. No one is complaining about not seeing you wrestle. Trust me. Maybe I'll take a plan out of Tyler Breeze's book and fight a fan. They're probably better than you all anyway. Ladies in the back, you have one week to stake your claim to the title. Otherwise, the champion is, is going to pass you by. The three leave the ring as the screen fades to black. On Livewire, Io Shirai and Velvet Sky uh, have a open the go-home Livewire with an instant classic. The match lasts 36 minutes and sees Io Shirai in, uh, win with an Acai Moonsault. After the match, Gene Oakland grabs Io Shirai for a backstage interview. Io Shirai, ladies and gentlemen. First off, let me say, what a great match. Congratulations on pulling out the win against a crafty vet like Velvet Sky. Do you have anything to say after such an emphatic victory and what is sure to be a match of the year candidate? Io Shirai is obviously winded, but smiles ex exhaustively before answering. Sarah Del Rey, you talk too much. Shut up and fight. Io bows to Gene and walks off. Uh, on Rebellion's... Uh, Sarah Del Rey and her cronies walk out to the ring and Sarah Del Rey addresses the women's division. I gave you all one week, one week to stake your claim and a chance for the women's world champions, but you cowards all stayed silent. None of you wanted a shot at the greatest woman alive. I am the conqueror of the women's division. I am the undisputed queen of professional wrestling. I am the PTC women's world champion and there's not a wrestler alive that can do what I do. Just as she finishes her sentence, Io Shirai's music fills the arena and she walks down to the ring. Sarah Del Rey and the Royal Guard can't believe it. Io Shirai grabs the microphone and walks right up to Sarah Del Rey. I told you on Tuesday you talk too much. Shut up and fight. You want a dance partner and take over one shot at glory? I'm right here. You claim to be a conqueror, but put that title where your mouth is and try to conquer the genius of the sky. Del Rey looks disgusted at Shirai. How dare you come down here and interrupt me? Do you know who I am? I am the greatest woman alive. You come down here and actively speak against me? Your undisputed queen of professional wrestling? I told you, conspiracy to the throne will not be tolerated. 
As she says this, Lei Kuo attacks Io Shirai. As they beat Shirai down, their race speaks softly. You want a shot at me and my title? You got it. You have to beat my two friends here first. Uh, the show cuts to commercial right after this as the Lake Cool still continues to beat the crap out of her. Uh, but during the commercial break, primetime Travis Key came out and makes the terms official but adds a stipulation. Tonight on Rebellion, Io Shirai will face Michelle McCool one-on-one. Tomorrow night on Alpha, Io Shirai will face Layla L. If she wins either match, she will challenge Sarah Del Rey for the title at TakeOver. Uh, one shot at Glory. If she wins both, Lakel will be banned from ringside for the title match. Uh, Sarah Del Rey throws a fit about this decision, and um, Io Shirai and Michelle McCool have a somewhat short match that sees Michelle McCool pick Io apart uh, and take advantage of the pre-match beatdown. But in the end, Io wins with a victory roll, and Sarah Del Rey looks furious. Um, on Alpha, Io and Layla have a match that sees Michelle McCool and Sarah Del Rey try to cheat to help Layla win. In the end, Layla L eats an acai moonsault and Io Shirai gets the pin. Sarah Del Rey spazzes out and screams at Lay Cool and Io Shirai as Io stands on the middle rope and taunts Del Rey with a smile. So, uh, time for the, the match. Io Shirai is out first wearing dark red attire with gold accents. She wears her mask to the ring, taking it off as she poses on the middle rope, hyping the crowd. Uh, Sarah Del Rey is out next. She's wearing orange and black attire with gold accents. Sarah Del Rey walks in the ring and walks into the right into the face of Io Shirai, holding the title up while she trash talks Io. Io looks at her with a smirk, nodding her head. Sarah Del Rey hands the title to the referee, and Lillian Garcia introduces both women. The referee presents the title to each competitor and then rings for and then rings for the bell. Uh, Io starts out fast with multiple stiff palm strikes to Del Rey. Shirai follows up with a Lifting knee strike to the midsection of Del Rey. Io keeps her momentum with a Spanish fly, followed immediately with a moonsault off the top rope. Io goes for the cover, but it's going to take more, more than that to keep the queen of professional wrestling down as Del Rey kicks out of after only a one count. Io isn't surprised and goes to pull Del Rey back to her feet, but Del Rey hits a kick to the chest, sending Io stumbling back. Sarah Del Rey follows up with a rolling kick to the back of the head and calls called an abisagiri. It's like a, it's just a rolling kick. Um, Del Rey pulls Io back to her feet before throwing her up for a Samoan drop. Del Rey wastes no time nailing Io with a butt drop. Uh, Del Rey pulls Io back to her knees and starts laying in with multiple European uppercuts before pulling Io in for a gourd buster. Del Rey quickly locks in the crossface on Plata, but Io doesn't let her keep it in long, instantly rolling uh, about to try to break the hold, but Del Rey holds on. Eventually, Io rolls close enough to reach out and force a rope break. Del Rey uh, breaks the hold but stomps at the back of the neck and shoulders of Io before picking her up and Irish whipping her into the ropes. Del Rey goes for a lariat, but Io dodges with a handspring evasion followed by a dropkick. Uh, Del-, Del Rey rolls out of the ring trying to regroup, but Io rebounds off the ropes and hits her with a suicide dive to the outside. Io stands up and shouts with pride to the crowd before high-fiving a lot, a lot of the fans in the front row. Io hops back on the apron and taunts Del Rey to stand up. As soon as Del Rey stands up to face her, she hits she is hit with a meteora off the apron from Io. Io throws Del Rey back into the ring and climbs up on the apron. Del Rey stumbles up to her feet, and as she turns around, she is flattened with a slingshot drop kick from Io Shirai. Io Shirai hits a handstand and drops both knees onto the sternum of Del Rey. Io Shirai picks, Del Rey, picks up Del Rey and Irish whips her into the ropes off the rebound. Io nails her with a hip attack. Del Rey hits the mat and bounces back up almost immediately. Io Shirai hits her with an axe kick, but when she... Closes the distance on Del Rey. She is met with a headbutt. Del Rey grabs a wrist lock and then hits a shoot kick to the chest of Io. Uh, Del Rey then twists the arm over her head and hits a hook kick to the back of Io Shirai's head. 
Io stumbles forward, holding her head, but Delray Irish whips her into the ropes and follows up with a rolling wheel kick. Delray Irish whips Io again this time, but this time Io jumps uh, to the middle rope and hits Delray with a springboard drop kick. Delray tries to scramble to her feet, but Io grabs her by the waist and hoists her back for a German suplex, followed by a victory roll into a double foot stomp uh, to the chest of Delray. Io rushes the ropes and comes back with a basement drop kick to Delray. Io then locks in an arm trap crossface. Uh, and you can see the look of panic on Delray's face as she tries to scoot towards the ropes uh, and grabs the grabs hold with her free arm to force the rope break. Io tries to grab Delray, but Delray wraps herself back into the middle rope and top rope. You know, like how the heels go under the top rope, but over the middle rope, like to so they can't touch him. Um, uh, shit, sorry. I lost my place because I was trying to explain that to you guys. Uh, Io puts her hands up and backs away and urges Delray to come back to the center of the ring. Delray reluctantly sleeks back in the ring and circles around Io. Finally, she steps into the center and Io goes for a lariat, but Delray ducks under and hits, answers with a shoot kick to the chest. Io turns away in pain and Delray grabs Io by the race and hits her with a German suplex. Io rolls back to her feet and is instantly hit with a tiger suplex from Delray. Delray looks like the, a snake as she coils up on the canvas, watching Io shry. As Io stands up, Delray pulls her in and nails her with a spike on the canvas, watching Io Shirai. As Io stands up, Delray pulls her in and... Oh, I'm sorry. I, hit, I said the same thing again. Delray pulls her in and nails her with a spike pile driver. Delray covers with <coughs> covers her with a menacingly evil smile for the pin. But just before the three count, Io gets her shoulder up. Sarah Delray's face is covered in shock. She cannot believe what just happened. Delray snaps and starts laying into Io Shirai with forearms, elbows, punches, and knees. Delray is unhinged, looking like a mad woman on a rampage. Finally, she stops and looks up almost in a trance, staring at the turnbuckle with a blank look. The blank look turns into an evil smile, and Delray starts towards the corner. Delray climbs to the top rope with uh, the same evil look on her face. She screams out to the crowd to shut the hell up. The chants and cheers are clearly getting under her skin as she is distracted. As she is distracted, Io Shirai has returned to her feet. Shirai hits Delray with the avalanche Frankensteiner, sending Delray crashing to the mat. Delray rolls up to... To her feet, uh, stumbling around, clearly has been knocked loopy by the move. Delray stumbles, but eventually collapses to her knees, falling onto the middle rope. Yoshirai sees this and hits the ropes and hits Delray with a tiger faint kick, sending Delray rolling into the ring. Delray stumbles back to her feet and is met with a springboard sunset flip powerbomb from Yoshirai, followed by a pen attempt for a two count. Um, one second. My whole thing just, like, reset. Um, Io picks up a Delray, picks up Delray and Irish whips her. When Delray comes back, Io hits her with a flapjack. Io Shirai pulls Delray back to her feet and throws a punch, but Delray blocks and answers with an X-Plex. Uh, Delray wastes no time hoisting Shirai back up and tossing her for a release powerbomb. Delray goes back to the corner and ascends to the top rope. Io jumps to her feet and dashes the rope. Io springboards off the top ropes and hits a drop kick, sending Delray crashing to the outside. Io rolls out to the floor and throws Delray back into the ring. Io sits Delray in the corner and goes. Io goes to the opposite corner and bolts towards Delray, crashing into the women's champion with a double knee strike. Io pulls Delray back to her feet and goes for a suplex, but Delray blocks it, countering with a bridging fallaway slam for a one count. Io instantly grabs double underhooks on Delray and lifts her in the air, hitting and hits a double underhook backbreaker, putting Delray down. Io follows up with an Asai Moonsault. One, two, kick out just before three. Io can't believe it. 
Mio pulls Delray up to her feet, but Delray smashes her with a forearm. Delray follows up with a kick to the gut and almost instantly hits a Canadian destroyer. Io Shirai lays, lies on the mat lifeless. Delray pulls her up and hits her with a Royal Butterfly, and Sarah Delray covers Io for the pin in the win. What's the Royal Butterfly? Um, I knew you were going to ask me that because I get completely blank. One second. Okay, while you're looking that up, um, John, Kenny, Mike, What's like it? I have a number, but um, hmm, let me think of my number. I, I'm I sitting it. at a cool three and a half. I okay. didn't hate it, but I wasn't awed by it. Um, I don't know. I'm just having. I was just having a hard time getting really sucked into it okay i don't i don't have i'm sorry i know it's not specific but i just i'll be honest with this one i kept kind of going in and out trying to figure out i i just got lost i i it just didn't grip me like the other ones did this is uh time for old little fudge to revert back to his his evil side and uh (laughs) be a hate oh, ass no. motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Travis, there, th- this is an L. I gotta be honest. Uh, okay. I, wow. I really, I don't like what you did with uh, the character of um, Sarah Del Rey. I feel like you take took the worst parts of Charlotte's character and then put them on Roy's. I... I didn't like like the the Ren Fair ass promos. <laughs> it it felt like it was uh, I I don't know. It I I don't like the Lake Cool Goons much. The Yoshirai is a good choice of opponent, so I can't like be too brutal because I feel like you're gonna get something out of Yoshirai no matter what. She's reliable. Uh, if you had put that Nikki Bella match on here, you would have been getting a point five. So you saved yourself that. Have you ever seen Sarah Del Rey wrestle, though? Uh, to be truthful, no. I've okay, not seen she's one of the best women's wrestlers ever. Yeah, she was like, good in the Indies. So, so, I've, so only seen, I've only seen her Indies. I've only seen her so indies, she's so. cold in the she ring. She was never but, in WWE, really. She just became a coach. So, Travis, she's, she's so, cold in the yeah. ring IRL. I don't know. I didn't know. I was just going off what you gave me. I just don't like yeah. the character. No, that's uh, fair. I, I, because I feel like it's the opposite problem of your previous few, where the opposite, the previous few, it was just that nothing was that, like, nothing really got my attention. While the stuff that got my attention in this feud was all stuff that I was like, ugh. <laughs> like, okay. Fair so, um, man, I, I, it's not a point five. I'm not going to be a total hater. Um, I haven't, I haven't sunk down that low yet. Uh, <laughs> like I said, but by, by putting in Io Shirai instead of Nikki Bella, you really saved yourself some quarters. Um, where am I at here? I have what? a number if you want to take a minute. Oh, can I tell you what the what the move is now? Yeah, you can tell us. That. So it's a double underhook, like basically almost like the pedigree, but the head's on the side. And okay. then she picks you up and you wrap your legs around her, like her hips, and then she hits you with a. Uh, like a DDT, like a more like a, a double on her suplex. Okay, it's it's her own like her move. So, and Damone, you could drop your number, uh, just so I know just how ridiculous I'm being. If well, I give am. me your give me your your 
analysis. Oh yeah, I'm gonna give you your feedback. Yeah. Uh, so I do agree with John about the character. Like I don't know a lot about her besides her being a coach. So I did look her up while you were talking. Um, Uh obviously still paying attention. But um, she she her nickname was the Queen of Wrestling. So I get where you were going with that, but I think you leaned way too much into the Queen thing, like having the the men carrying her, her calling them. That was one segment though. Her royal, her royal. Well, just how she talked to. And just how she gotcha. talked. Okay. She Fair talked enough. to. It felt like it was the female version of uh, King Booker, and not in a good or funny way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think the match that you described would be pretty decent. Again, I don't particularly like the match being announced or set up the week before. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna. It's not the week a- before. It was the night before. Yeah, the night before. So <laughs> you didn't um, help. Right. Well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna tell right. you. I'm gonna tell no. you the truth. I'm not gonna. Um, I it's I, overall it's pretty mid. So I'm gonna give you a two point five. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'm not as evil as I thought, but I'm still pretty evil in comparison. Uh, honestly, and also the the backstage interview segment with Gene was just uncomfortable. That made me feel weird. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, the, the other joke about that is, is that Sarah Del Rey has no curves. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I, I was thinking that too. That, like, <laughs> she's just a delusional heel. Like, that's that's what that was supposed to play. Like, yeah, him saying, and then he makes the joke. He's like, I can assure you, I wasn't looking at your curves. Like, See, I, you know, I, had to, I had to relook it up because I was like, like I was like, the Sarah Del Rey I'm thinking of is <laughs> no not, curves. Yeah, like, so she has no curves. Like, she's very, very much. I, so- I, I get the bit. An athletic. I, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> I see okay. what you went for. It didn't hit with me. Fair enough. I'm going to, and I feel like this is generous. So this is my saying it's generous is a hater move, but not going lower is my not hater move. I'm going to give this a 1.5. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of agree. Like it was it was it was very bland. I think the actual match. And well, I, I got one more question. I didn't mean to ask this. So sure. when she was standing on the top, was she standing on the top row when she said like when she say what she said to the crowd at one point, or was she saying that on the ground? What are you talking about what she said. She was saying something to the crowd like I they like, shut yeah. the hell out. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I remember she was saying something to the crowd. Was she was she standing saying uh, this is this doesn't affect your points. I'm just wondering. I don't remember what in the match. Yeah, in the, match. in the match. I'm pretty sure she's standing on the ground, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, okay. one other thing, not to cut you off. I didn't like that you did the un- she's unhinged thing. I I didn't like that. So okay. that definitely. Yeah, I didn't really take it as unhinged as much as I get what you're saying, though. That's not what I was yeah, going for. He, I see where you got that. No, because you said it. <laughs> said, yeah, I said you said it. Yeah, you, you said, said unhinged. unhinged. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, because you did say on him, and I and I was taking points off as well for that too, because we just literally just got done seeing that. That's fair. I like, took it more of to... like a like an evil queen, like an evil like an evil person, like about yeah. to go killer mode. Not not as much as where with Brian Pillman, it was like he was having a fucking panic attack in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I mean he threw a, a, tan, a temper tantrum, but um, yeah. yeah, um, like I said, this didn't the story didn't really hold me. Like I said, it was kind of it had a lot of awkward moments in it. Like I understand you're doing the queen thing, but like I said, it was there's a lot of uh a lot of awkward moments. Like I said, the curves thing, the just just the <laughs> I didn't like that. I'm not gonna lie, I, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like that. And then the uh the actual matches, and then it just the Nikki Bella being a powerhouse was just wild to me. Like, <laughs> <He's a powerhouse. laughs> oh man, Ugh. that is her that's her wrestling style, is a powerhouse. 
No, her wrestling style is ass. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't, I, I, I didn't like her being referred to as that. So, so I, that's what but, she is. <laughs> you're, Travis, you are so fucking lucky. You didn't make that the match. I would have fucked. <laughs> so I gave you can so hear me you, and Kenny laugh when you said that. Yeah, he's like a powerhouse, Nikki Bell. I was like, that's like powerhouse. <laughs> I heard you guys both laugh, and I just kept it going. I was like, I'm not even. I, don't yeah, know I, laugh, I made a vomit <laughs> noise, Travis. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> So I gave you a smooth 1.75 myself. Ugh. Smooth. So what what did I, Mike give me again? Mike didn't give you one yet. No, no, no. no. Actually, actually, he had it. He had it. 3.5. He had 3.5. Okay, so I was at 3. Point something. I just didn't know what it was. All right, this next one's got a lot of promos, guys. So, so buckle up. Let's go. Um, I'm all about the promos. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to learn from uh, that. Like. Uh, week one live wire, Tyler Breeze comes into the ring with Kendall Jenner carrying his Intercontinental Championship. Breeze looks out to the crowd disgusted. Finally, he raises his microphone and begins to speak. Sunday night, I had based myself to compete in front of uh, in front of moon calves of Houston, Texas. I was walked into that odious state as the intercontinental heavyweight champion. And after putting that gruesome creature, Houston Liger, down, I left that state just the same. The doubters of Tyler Breeze were just made to eat crow once again. I have told you each and every one of you simple-minded, frail uggos time and time again. I am smarter than you. I am more athletic than you. And most obviously, Tyler Breeze is sexier than you. Now, I am sick and I am tired of bastardizing myself and my standards for counterfeit competition against these disgusting, infirm men that in that locker room. I may have a better chance of seeing real competition if I walk through the crowd of the, through this crowd of barnyard animals and allow one of you swine to challenge Prince Pretty for the championship. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll let you. Breeze points to an overweight bearded man in the front row of the crowd. Maybe I'll let this paunch bovine challenge the sexual savior of the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. Or maybe I'll break down the barriers and I will allow you. Breeze now points to a rather large woman in the third row on the opposite rather side large. of the ring. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I will allow this 400-pound floozy to face the Baron of Beautiful for his championship title. Maybe <laughs> 400-pound floozy at that. Dude, this maybe I will make like a this, Nickelodeon character. <laughs> maybe I will make this an open challenge, a lot allowing the commoners to live their wildest dreams of sharing a moment with the king of Q. Only it will be in the ring and not in the bedroom you all hope for. Mark your cal- calendars, you ugly ghouls. This Friday on Rebellion, Prince Pretty will defend the, the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship against whomever wants to walk their disfigured, disgusting little body down to the ring. Wait, wait, Breeze what's Brown. the title called? The Intercontinental. It, it's the Intercontinental Championship, but he calls it the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. Ew. <laughs> exactly, because he's gross. <laughs> like, Ew. He does this in he, real he, life? What? He does in real life or you did that? <laughs> I, no, I'm making this for him. He's basically oh. like, he, his thing is he's smarter than you, he's more athletic than you, and he's better looking than you. So he uses so big he's, words. He's, and he he's like, pretty MJF. No. Or is he, or I, is he close to the pretty, um, what's his face? Basically, David Sandow. He's Tyler Breeze, yeah. Damian Sandow, and Chris Jericho mixed together when Chris, Chris Jericho was calling us sycophants. Okay, I, I that's get basically it. I get the it. that's basically what he's what he's doing. I get it. Um, so as promised, uh, Tyler Breeze holds an open challenge for the Continental title. The open challenge is uh, answered by a member of the crowd, Jimmy Funk. 
Jimmy can't even last two minutes before being pinned after a beauty shot. Jimmy it, Funk. Not related. <laughs> not related to Terry Funk. It was really it really was Terry Funk with a ponytail. It's that, it's that Terry Funk. Yeah. I was like, who is Jimmy, Jimmy Funk? Does this back get stuck to the ropes too? No. <laughs> we don't do that nasty shit over here, okay? Tyler Breeze gonna over here. <laughs> Um, so Tyler Breeze uh, on Livewire the next week is uh, backstage with Mean Gene. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by the Intercontinental Champion Tyler Breeze. Tyler, explain to me why Mean Gene is quickly interrupted by Breeze. Oh, no, Eugene. You know better than that. Eugene, you explained to me why you would come up here with your cheap little tuxedo, look into this camera, and speak to the world. Introduce me to the, to the audience, but purposely ignore the most beautiful woman in the world who is standing right next to me. Now, Eugene, I'm going to give you a second chance to introduce your, myself and the beautiful Kendall Jenner to the world. And let me remind you, our net worth is more, is more than your life. So getting, getting little old Eugene removed from this program will be no problem. But let's hear that one more time. Her net worth. <laughs> Eugene, <laughs> Eugene looks frustrated but obliges, Breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Gene Oakland, and I am joined tonight by the current Intercontinental Champion, Tyler Breeze, and the ever-so-lovely Kendall Jenner. Breeze boasts with approval. Much better, much better, Eugene. Now, what's on your mind? Ask me anything. Mean Gene continues his original question. Tyler, explain to me why you would allow a random member of the PTC universe to challenge you for your Intercontinental Championship when there are so many more deserving professional wrestlers on the PTC roster. Eugene, aren't you like Hulk Hogan's best friend, brother? You'd think you would be more, much more appreciative of my Make-A-Wish contributions. Maybe you missed everything I said last week on Livewire, but I don't blame you. I blame, blame the early onset Alzheimer's. Let me remind you, the men and women of this godforsaken roster can't hold a candle to Prince Pretty. Therefore, I have opened the gates, and I'm allowing whomever wishes to challenge me to do so. Mean Gene looks appalled. Tyler, you can't be serious. You cheated to beat Hushin Thunder Liger at TakeOver Overkill. How can you keep real wrestlers from getting a shot at the title? Eugene, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear you just disrespect me just now. I'm not stopping anyone from challenging me. Intercontinental challenges. Intercontinental championship is now on a first come, first serve basis. Ugo. Breeze puts his open palm in the face of Mean Gene, and walks away. Random Gene question looks flabbergasted. For PTC, sorry to interrupt. As the page to black. Uh, what? I have a question. Yeah. Does PTC sell Ugo brand waffles? Yes. Of course. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely. I gotta get my money somehow. <laughs> obviously i'm not getting it from these fucking matches <laughs> uh breeze walks out on rebellion and starts talking to the crowd i know you all are probably wondering why the good looking god is here speaking to this tribe of hominids but fret no more my simple-minded beasts i am here to once again extend my offer of an open challenge for the intercontinental heavyweight championship however esteemed or however esteemed Eugene pointed out, it's not fair to allow you talentless hacks to have a shot at the title when there's an entire roster of talentless hacks on the PTC payroll. And those hacks feed their families with the ability to lose to the King of Q. So tonight I will allow one member of the PTC roster to walk down that ramp, step between these ropes, and lose to the best wrestler in the world today. Tyler Breeze, now, which one of you Neanderthals in the back are going to come out here and get pinned by Prince Pretty? Uh, Tommy Dreamer answers the open challenge. Match is very competitive, and Dreamer almost has Breeze beat. Having hit Breeze with a Tommy Hawk, Dreamer goes for a pin, but Jenner stops the count at two by pulling the referee out of the ring. The referee and the Jenner, the referee and Jenner are arguing on the outside. Dreamer leans 
over the ropes and joins in the argument. Uh, Breeze takes the icy title and smashes over the back of the head of, Dream, of Dreamer, sending Dreamer over the top rope. The referee immediately calls for the bell disqualifying Tyler Breeze, meaning that he loses the match but retains the title. Breeze jumps out of the ring, tossing the ref out of his way and starts stomping on Tommy Dreamer. Breeze then takes the steel chair and calls for Dreamer to stand up. As he does, uh, Breeze cracks him in the skull with the chair. Breeze throws the chair in the ring and then grabs Dreamer by the head and smacks him into the steel post before throwing Dreamer into the ring. Inside the ring, Jenner folds the puts the folding chair around the neck of Dreamer as Breeze climbs up to the top rope. But before Breeze can jump down onto the makeshift guillotine, uh, Dusty Rhodes' music hits and Dusty runs down to the ring to make the save. As Dusty rolls into the ring, Breeze and Jenner retreat. Dusty checks on his friend while yelling out that Breeze is the son of a bitch. Uh, on Alpha, Tyler Breeze uh, has a competitive match with Brian Pillman. that lasts about 23 minutes, but ends with the beauty shot. Uh, Tyler Breeze grabs the microphone after the match. Cut my music. Cut my music. Get this loser out of my ring. Speaking of losers, the first contestant on the reboot of The Biggest Loser, Dusty Rhodes, decided, decided to stick his snout in my business last night. This is the fi- first and final warning to any of you pathetic meat sacks in the back. When Prince Pretty is in this ring, you keep your fat self seated in the back unless I call for you. Dusty, you thought what I did to Tommy Dreamer was heinous? Wait until I get my hands on you. Travis, I have a quick question. Did you say his match that week was with Pillman? Yeah. Well, yeah. on Alpha for that weekend. Okay. That, that motherfucker needs, like, double pay. Pillman? <laughs> yeah, he's wrestling all the time. He wrestled, he wrestled pretty much every every show in the right. lead-up for this. Um, Tyler Breeze interrupted – or Tyler Breeze walks out to the ring on Livewire and starts talking to the PTC universe. Beasts and bimbos of the PTC universe. Last week, we saw some very heinous actions surrounding the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship picture. The news has been going wild. Some are saying that Tommy Dreamer deserves a second chance at the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. But alas, I am here to be the bearer of bad news. Tommy Dreamer has suffered multiple concussions and will be out of action indefinitely. Therefore, Tommy Dreamer won't be getting a second chance at anything. The crowd rains down with booze. Dear Lord, if I would have known it was mating season for you, swine, I wouldn't have come this week. Shut your mouths and let the king of cute speak. Seeing as I have defended my title three times in two weeks, I will be taking a much-deserved vacation and will promptly return on the first live wire after TakeOver One Shot at Glory. Thank you for your understanding and well wishes. Tyler Breeze drops the mics and goes to leave the ring, but Dustin Rhodes' music hits. The American Dream walks down to the ring, and Rhodes gets in the, the ring and comes face-to-face with Breeze, who is looking disgusted to be in uh, Dusty's presence. Breeze begins to speak. Dusty Rhodes, what in the hell are you doing? Rhodes interrupts Breeze. Tyler, shut your mouth, daddy. You may have made a career off being a bully. You spent your entire life being the man to tell everybody that they're they not good enough. When you was a little toddler, you told the kids, you ain't got the good toys like me, baby. You can't play with me. When you was out on the playground, you told the kids, you can't kick the ball like me, so you... You ain't can't play here, daddy. When you was in high school, you told the little girl, sweetheart, you ain't pretty enough to go with me. You can't go to no prom, no, baby. You came to PTC. Now you're trying to do the same old song and dance, daddy, but the bullying stops here. Tyler, watch my friend beat you. Tyler, I watched my friend beat you in the middle of the ring for that Intercontinental Championship. But your little girlfriend saved your honey once again. But let's be honest. We both know the truth. The whole PTC universe knows the truth. You couldn't beat Tommy Dreamer, Daddy, and you fell back into your old ways. You acted like a child, you threw a fit. You threw a temper tantrum, and you potentially cost the man his career. When a kid has a temper tantrum, his actions have consequences. And Tyler Breeze, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to deliver those consequences. Just like a bad kid waiting for Daddy to come home, you should be scared. Because, Tyler, I'm on my way to busting your ass. 
and take over one shot of glory. You won't be getting on no vacations. You're going to be getting an old-fashioned, passionate ass whooping from the son of a plumber. <laughs> you said oh. bust your ass, right? He's yeah. busting your ass. Busting. 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 <laughs> busting your ass. Uh, Rose says the mic at Breeze and rolls out of the ring while Breeze jumps up and down and streams out in anger. Man, you had him calling him daddy and say he's going to bust in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard Have you heard Dustin Rhodes talk? Every every sentence with daddy or baby. Uh, the, the, you're kind of <laughs> sussy baka here, got to say. I know Boy Bear is not fucking talking right now about <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No, I own it. I own it. I do it on purpose. Uh, okay, so Rebellion opens with Breeze going to primetime Travis T's office. I am not going to defend my title against that fat bastard. He doesn't deserve a shot at my belt. Travis T responds, yes, hello, Tyler. Good to see you as well. How can I help you tonight? You heard me, Travi. I will not be defending my title against that sack of garbage. How dare he come out and tell me who will be facing me? I am the champion. I call the shots. Travi T answers, Tyler, you're only half right. You are the champion. However, I call the shots. But I think I'm fairly reasonable and easy to work with. Uh, I will level with you here. Tonight, Dusty Rhodes will compete in a number one contenders match. Uh, tonight will be the American Dream Dusty Rhodes versus the Outlaw Charlie Haas. The winner of that match will face Tyler Breeze for the Intercontinental Championship and TakeOver One Shot at Glory. Tyler is enraged. No, I have a vacation to get to. I cannot defend my title at TakeOver. Tyler, Travis T looks at Tyler in his eyes and says, well, consider this your formal notice that your time off request has been denied. Show up to TakeOver or vacate your title. Your choice, Mr. Breeze. Uh, close my door on your way out. I have a show to run. Tyler Breeze looks, Tyler Breeze, Tyler Breeze looks infuriated. Uh, Dusty and Charlie Haas have a good 27 minute match for the main event. Breeze interferes. That match is going to be yucky. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> psychology, motherfucker. Ugh. Uh, but Dusty. Uh, I can smell that match. Shut up. <laughs> for the main event, Breeze interferes to try to cost Dusty the match, but Dusty hits him with a bionic elbow, sending him flying out of the ring. Dusty eventually wins the match, setting up Breeze versus Rhodes at TakeOver One Shot for Glory. Um, so, at Rebellion the next week, Tyler Breeze comes out for the main event segment of the go-home edition of Rebellion uh, with a microphone in hand. Breeze wastes no time calling out Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes' music hits, and Dusty walks down to the ring. Tyler Breeze immediately starts laying into Rhodes. Dusty, you came out here last week and challenged me to a match. But before that, you tried to dress me down over my behavior and my actions. How dare you? How dare you talk to me about having pride in myself? Dusty, we're professional athletes, and you dare to talk to me about having pride in myself? You weigh over 300, pound chair, 300 pounds with a beer barrel gut, and you're shaped like a beanbag chair. We are poster, poster children of fame and success, and you look like you've never got seen a hairbrush. You look like your closest relative is at the local fair about to go up for auction. Dusty, we are role models. We're supposed to be what kids look up to. You came out here with your broken English and seventh grade education. How are kids supposed to aspire to be anything when their heroes can't even speak correctly? Dusty, how dare you talk down on me when you were talking about this opportunity, when you were taking this opportunity right from beneath your supposed friend, Tommy Dreamer? How dare you talk down to me when you are turning the failure and the injury of your supposed friend, Tommy Dreamer, into your golden opportunity? Dusty Rhodes, I am more athletic than you. I am smarter than you. I damn sure am more attractive than you. But most importantly, I am a better person than you. I don't hide behind fraudulent acts of kindness or heroism. I walk up to everybody's face and I tell them I am better than them. I am a lion that doesn't hide his mane. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing, waiting to strike when the opportunity serves you. 
How dare you talk down the beat? Dusty laughs and breathes and then begins to respond. Tyler, we couldn't be more different. You just said you tell the world you're better than them, and I don't think I and I don't, and you're damn right, I don't. I know every dog has his day, so I might be might not be better than anybody in this arena tonight or across the world watching at home. Now, Daddy, I got to say you kind of made my skin crawl when you said I'm taking something from Tommy. Believe me, believe you me, Tommy Dreamer knows why I'm here. Tommy Dreamer knows that as soon as he is cleared to compete, he will be the first man to get a shot at my Intercontinental Championship. Tyler, you might be a little smarter than me, baby, when it comes to the books, but you ain't got the wisdom to match me. Tyler, baby, you might be a little stronger, a little faster, a little bit more athletic, but what you don't got is that Texas grit that I got. Yeah, and I know it. And you, I said it time and time again. My belly a little big, my honey a little big. Hell, my face a little ugly, my hair a little messy. But Tyler, daddy, there ain't no need to be pretty when you're the Intercontinental Champion. You're right in one regard. However, we are the role models and the heroes of these kids, and I stand by it. Because when the kids that like his chicken nuggets a little too much sees me on TV, he sees a bit of himself. Because I like my fried chicken a little too much. When the kids having trouble in class sees me talking my talk, they see a little bit of themselves. Because let me tell you, Grandma. Ain't never been my strong suit, Daddy. Now then, when the kid that don't get picked out for kickball or basketball or track and field sees me on TV, they see a little bit of themselves. See, because I was always told I wasn't no athlete. Told I was better suited as the ball than the player. But look at, look at me now, Daddy. Is I'm three days from being the Intercontinental Champion. Tyler, baby, you want to be the greatest? That road, that road runs through me, honey. You talk about you're prettier than me. You're more jacked than me. You run a little faster. You lift a little more. You talk a little better. But the one thing you're missing is I fight a little better. And once we get in the ring on Sunday, we're going to see which one means more. The looks, the athleticism, the wits, the, or maybe the ability to punch somebody in the mouth and get hit back and keep on pushing. Take over one shot at glory. I'm going to mess up that pretty little face of yours, and I'm going to take that title home with me. That was that was hilarious to me. <laughs> Daddy. Yeah, I loved it. I, I, I had a lot more fun doing that impression than I, than I imagined I was going to. Um so Dusty Rhodes is out first wearing yellow gear with black accents, black cowboy boots with yellow accents, and a black leather vest and black cowboy hat. Not, not the polka dots. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the polka dots, personally, but that's, that's just me. That's, that's, that's what he's going with that, too. I think he's going to have the polka dots. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Rhodes comes out giving high fives. Um, Dusty t- stops and puts his hat on top of the head of a little girl in the uh, front row before rolling into the ring. Tyler Breeze is out next. Kendall Jenner flanking him, holding the belt for him. Tyler Breeze is wearing black pants with compliments to himself written in light purple with light purple fur on his boots and wrists and a light purple fur shawl. Kendall Jenner is wearing a black cocktail dress with thigh-high leather heel boots. Tyler Breeze enters the ring and uh, Kendall hands him the belt from ringside. Tyler Breeze poses with the belt on the middle rope directly in front of the hard camera. The referee takes the belt and presents it to both men in the crowd. The referee hands the belt down to the timekeeper and calls for the belt. Dusty and Breeze are face-to-face, talking back and forth before Tyler pushes Dusty with one hand. Dusty laughs and pushes Breeze with two hands, sending uh, Breeze down to his butt. Dusty laughs as Breeze is infuriated, scurrying back into the corner with a look of disgust and shame on his face. Breeze pulls himself to his feet with help from the corner. Tyler walks back into into Dusty's face. Both men are trash-talking again. Breeze looks furious, and Dusty looks amused. Finally, Tyler Tyler Breeze mushes Dusty in the face, so he takes his hand and pushes him. Palms in the face. Um, Dusty holds his face for a moment and looks angry, and then he laughs and almost in disbelief. Dusty swings at Breeze, but Breeze ducks under and starts laying in with elbow shots to the face of Dusty Rhodes. Breeze runs off the ropes and hits a drop kick to the left knee of Dusty Rhodes, sending the big man down to one knee. Breeze hits his feet instantly with Rhodes, 
Breeze hits his feet, instantly hitting Rhodes with a neckbreaker to take him fully to the canvas. Breeze runs back to the corner and waves and screams for Dusty to stand. As as Rhodes stand, works his way to his feet, uh, Breeze holds his hands in the camera position, uh, looking at, through it at, at Dusty. Uh, as soon as Dusty stands up, Breeze sprints towards him and hits him with a beauty shot, putting the big man down. Breeze covers him for a pin, but Dusty powers up, shoving Tyler Breeze into the air and onto his feet. Breeze runs to the rope and hits Dusty with a jumping high knee. Breeze follows up almost immediately with a jumping enziguri. Dusty stumbles around, uh, but stays standing. Breeze hops to the top rope and um, brings Dusty down with a diving crossbody, but Rhodes catches him. Uh, Rhodes walks with Breeze for a moment, but lays in some stiff elbow shots to the face. Breeze lays in some stiff elbow shots to the face to free himself before cracking Rhodes with a supermodel kick. Rhodes stumbles back and hits the ropes, but stays standing. So Breeze hits a second supermodel kick. Dusty is wobbling, but still standing. You can tell Breeze can't believe it as he takes a few steps back and gets a running shot to hit a third supermodel kick, but Dusty catches his foot midair. Dusty shakes his head no at Breeze as Breeze sells the shock and fear of his foot being caught. Dusty throws Breeze's foot, spinning him around. As Breeze turns around, Dusty locks in his own variation of the sleeper hold. The Weaver lock, uh, Dusty Rhodes is ragdolling Breeze in in this hold. Breeze looks like he is being strangled as he writhes in pain and tries stomping, pulling, and squirming to break free to no avail. Kendall Jenner is on the outside looking frustrated, trying to figure out what to do. Finally, she dives under the ropes, the bottom rope, and tugs on the ankle of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty stops and looks at the crowd. He looks down and sees a terrified Jenner still holding on to his cowboy boot. Dusty tosses Breeze to the side and um, Breeze to the side and uses his foot to drag Jenner uh, fully into the ring. Dusty laughs as Jenner looks terrified as she crawls on all fours trying to escape. Dusty catches her by, by her hair just as she passes between the ropes. Dusty pulls her to her feet and is laughing to the crowd as they chant for him to hit her with the bionic elbow. Dusty teases the elbow to the crowd but to hype the crowd as Jenner shrieks in terror. Dusty laughs as he pulls back to hit her with the elbow but Breeze pulls him down with the double knee backbreaker. Breeze immediately starts stomping on the left knee of Rhodes with ferocity. Tyler Breeze grabs the left leg of Dusty Rhodes and locks it in for a knee bar. Dusty Rhodes is screaming out in pain as Breeze hits twists the left leg. Uh, Rhodes is finally able to grab the bottom rope to force a rope break. Breeze holds the heel hook to the count of four. Breeze stands up and screams at Rhodes to do the same. Rhodes pulls himself up in the corner, and Breeze lights up his left leg with multiple shoot kicks. Uh, Rhodes shells, shells up in the corner, uh, like, basically in the field position. Um, but when Breeze rushes in, hold on, Rhodes shells up in the corner, but when Breeze rushes in, Rhodes hits him with a headbutt. Breeze stumbles out of the corner holding his skull, uh, Rhodes limps out and grabs Breeze before hitting him with a pile driver. Dusty hobbles back to his feet and hits a fist drop on the Breeze. Dusty stands back up and limps across the mat for a running elbow drop. Tyler Breeze rolls onto the, on the mat in pain until Jenner pulls him out of the ring. Jenner tries nursing him, but Rhodes reaches over the top and pulls Breeze back up to the apron by his hair. Dusty Rhodes lifts Breeze up into the air for a vertical suplex, slamming him into the canvas. Dusty pulls himself back up and climbs to the top rope, still favoring his left leg. As Breeze starts to stand, Dusty dives down with a moonsault, but Breeze counters with a drop kick. Breeze counters with a drop kick to the jaw midair. Sorry. Both men are down and barely stirring. Breeze pulls himself first up first, and just as the Breeze, Rose gets the one knee, Breeze hits him with an implant DDT. 
Bree stomps on the left leg of Rhodes and then locks in a single-leg Boston Crab to Dusty's left leg. Uh, Dusty is screaming out in pain, and Breeze just cinches it in even deeper. Dusty crawls towards the rope, but Breeze keeps walking him back to the center. Finally, in a last-ditch effort, Dusty grabs the rope. Dusty pushes and leaps to the rope for a rope break. Breeze pulls Rhodes off the ropes and drags him back to the center of the ring. Uh, Breeze hits an implant DDT to the leg of Dusty Rhodes before reapplying the single-leg Boston Crab. Dusty is screaming out in the center of the ring, and the referee asks him if he wants to quit, but Dusty screams out he'll never give up. This infuriates Breeze, and he breaks the hold and then grabs the left ankle of uh, Dusty Rhodes, placing his foot behind the knee and lifts and stomps the knee repeatedly as Dusty screams out in agony. Breeze pushes Rhodes towards the corner with stomps. Uh, Breeze screams at Rhodes to stand up. As soon as Rhodes pulls himself up, Breeze continues with shoot kicks to the left leg. Breeze grabs a front face lock and runs up the turnbuckle before flattening Dusty with a tornado DDT. Tyler Breeze climbs to the top rope and jumps down with a last dance leg drop. Uh, Breeze goes for the pinfall, but Dusty Rhodes gets his shoulder up at the last second. Breeze can't believe it. Breeze locks in a figure four sharpshooter on Dusty Rhodes. And Breeze, and Breeze screams out, just give up, you fat bastard. Dusty shakes his head no furiously. Breeze breaks the hold, picks Rhodes up, and cracks him with a forearm smash. Dusty Rhodes is wobbly, but then drops to his back and hits uh, Breeze with an uppercut in the same vein as the sun gold dust. Rhodes hits a single-arm snapmare, sending Breeze to the mat. Breeze works his way back to his feet, and is but is met with an inverted atomic drop from Rhodes. Rhodes grabs Breeze and hits him with a belly-to-back suplex. Dusty Rhodes grabs Breeze and hits another one of his son's moves, the curtain call. Uh, Dusty limps back up and, and grabs Breeze, keeping the family traditions as he hits Breeze with a crossroads. Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes is having trouble putting pressure on his left leg, but still pushes himself to get back up. Rhodes grabs Breeze and hits a third of his son's moves, the final cut. <laughs> Rhodes stands up and teases the bionic elbow to the crowd as they cheer for the American dream. Dusty grabs Breeze and pulls back for the elbow, but... Jenner jumps up and grabs Dusty Rhodes by the hair and tugs at his skull. Rhodes breaks free and looks furiously at Jenner. Doesn't, Jenner doesn't run this time, however, laying into Rhodes with multiple stiff slaps. Dusty eats a few before chasing after Jenner. Again, Dusty catches her fairly quickly and teases the bionic elbow. But Breeze rushes in with and tries to hit, take out uh, Dusty with a hashtag selfie. But Dusty dodges it, letting go of Jenner in the process. Dusty grabs a wrist lock and takes Breeze down to the canvas. Dusty then stomps on the hand and cell phone of Tyler Breeze. Breeze is writhing on the mat, clutching his hand. The ref is checking on Breeze as Jenner rolls back into the ring and smashes the Intercontinental Championship into the left knee of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty drops on one knee and uh, Jenner rolls out of the ring. Breeze sees this opportunity and capitalizes with a supermodel kick. Breeze follows up with an unprettier covering uh, Rhodes for a pin in the win. You say he'll... You say he's with the unprettier to win? Yeah. Okay. After Jenner, so basically the ref's distracted, um, and Kendall Jenner rolls in with the IC title, smashes the IC title into the left knee of Dusty Rhodes, which is the, the leg that he's been working on the whole match, and then uh, Breeze hits a supermodel kick and, and then, then follows up with the unprettier for the win. Okay. See, when it comes to the build, I'm, I don't, I'm nowhere near a number yet. I'm just going to pass it to this comment. I don't know if i love or hate it but i'm somewhere on that spectrum like i was entertained but i wasn't sure if it was like laughing with it or at it at points okay i I just i i either love it or i hate it i'm gonna take a couple minutes to decide okay i I like the dusty 
impression. Um, I Thank actually, you. I do, and I also like the dusty, the chicken nugget thing. That was yeah. funny with the chicken. I feel like that's something Dusty would say. Um, I, I tried to get into my Dusty bag for this, so you I was, did. Um, the match itself, I don't know. I I have a feeling like if you did a. You good heard the match. Right? You heard, heard the match. match. You'll get I said. I have a match. feeling. It wasn't the match good or not. That's yeah, why I, I heard the I'm match. Not doing this shit. <laughs> These are all moves they can do. That I know. I know. Crazy. I know. The match itself. Yeah. The the finish is really like feels very chaotic. I don't know why, but it just feels very like kind of clunky. Um, okay. the the dusty part of the the promos and everything I like the Tyler Breeze I wasn't a huge fan of. I'm torn um, on that actually. That's the part I'm torn on. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Tyler Breeze parts of it. Like, I kind of like the character that you're doing, but I kind of feel like I also need to see more of it. Um, okay. So I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give you a three point two five. Three point two five. I'm gonna tell you where I'm at. Okay. I'm at a five. Let's go. Oh, let's go. That was either gonna be a point five or a five. That was. That's awesome. a five. Uh, I loved it. I liked the impression. I liked the character. I like Tyler Breeze. Uh, I'm here for it. I like to see. I, I want to see where this goes. I'm gonna five. Thank you. Thank you kindly. John, you ready yet? Or are you? <laughs> John, you, you ready go for me? Because like I love parts of this and hate other parts, and I'm just I'm no I'm all over the place. You go. Okay. So I'm kind of with John. Like there were some parts I really really liked, and there were some parts I didn't like. But what do you think of the Dusty Rose promos specifically. At, I'm not gonna lie to you. At first, I didn't like it. The, 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 I think the first one he did, I didn't like. The second one, you the, the second one, I did like. It was like it was like you took, it was like you took the uh, what's the, what's the nigga's name? Um, oh. uh, Rookie the Dragon Steamboat. It was like you. Yeah. It was like it, it it was very reminiscent of that, which I. Yeah, it was like that, but it was but it was a lot better. I actually like I felt I felt more for him than I did. When I when I wrote this when I wrote the, that second promo, I was like, Kenny's gonna cook me for the, doing another fucking never yeah, give up baby yeah, face. Yeah, it was like ah but but with this one, but this one was better, even though I fucking can't stand up. Kenny those. only likes feel good moments for heels, didn't you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean with that like like you know, you know Miles making fun of stuff, but like but this one was like this was a lot better than the first one you did. I appreciate it. So, so I'll definitely say that. Tyler Breeze, I I I'm gonna have to be different from Damone. I actually like Tyler Breeze. I did like Tyler Breeze's gimmick. I liked I I did I, like I said, I even liked the, the the never give up thing with this this version, not the last one. That, that yeah. shit was trash. But this was this is good. <laughs> <laughs> like I ain't gonna lie to you. The match was kind of eh. it's gonna be a slower match, but yeah, like I got what you're I got what you're trying to do. So it's more story building in the match, but so I get yeah. why. I was gonna say the build, I think in my opinion, the build was 20 times better than the actual match was. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm at a 4.25. That's what I'm at. Okay. 4.25. I thought it was good, but like I said, there was a few things like the, the match was kind of like yeah. Happy to be here. Right but <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I, I get what you're trying to do. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> So uh, the more I thought about it, 
the more I actually went into the like zone of this match. So I actually have some good things to say. Uh, Tyler Breeze's lingo in his promos weirded me out at first, but mm. it got better with time. Uh, I, I at first it took that was an adjusting period. Uh, Dusty's promos actually grew on me. Yeah, it's funny to laugh at him saying "daddy" between words, but if he actually said that, he actually said that. And your oh yeah, he, he does. Your 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 promo was kind of a bar, uh, specifically like the kids seeing themselves thing. That was kind of a good promo. Um, the match, you know, it was whatever, and the finish was clunky, but I actually liked the promos. It grew on me over time. It got better. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this four and a quarter. Damn, I'm the hater. <laughs> At first, You've I was a hater, hater all night. I don't know what the fuck you're Thank talking you, about. We've all Thank been you, haters all night. I, I was leaning towards hater like at the beginning of this. Like I started like really low. I was like, I fucking hate this, and then it just grew on me as it went. It was Beauty and the Beast. That's what this was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, my bad. I didn't have my. I saw my camera off. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Dusty's the beauty and who get the fuck who, out of here? Who's kissing <laughs> Dusty? So what Jenner? Because in, in Beauty and the Beast. If we're doing that, then it's it, Tyler's kissing hey, Dusty. And for real, for real? No, who does he change no, into? Kendall eventually ends up with Dusty, but that's no, not possible. No, for real, for real, what you should have did, like now you like what you said, what you said, you should end it like that. You should have had maybe him get distracted by a kiss from Kendall Jenner, and then maybe he wraps some wraps her wraps him up with a schoolboy to pin him on some like some fucked up kind of shit. But I, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just, that just, that, no, that would have gotten cooked worse. That was riskier. I think yeah. that would have gotten cooked worse. I don't think that's bad. Also, I didn't take. I didn't take anything off for the fact that you traded me, Tommy Dreamer. So I told me. you. I told you was when I traded wonder- him that I was using him in the build. I knew you said Dusty. I didn't remember. Yeah, I'm using Dusty Dreamer. on the pro, on the pay per view, but I had to use Tommy Dreamer in the build because. I had to, Dusty Rhodes and Tommy Dreamer as a tag team. So there's okay. two matches where I use them as a build. Yeah, I didn't That's nasty. That is filthy. They both wore their polka dot outfits when they were a tag team. Ew. I didn't, take it, I didn't take anything off for that. I appreciate Yeah, that. I should. If you had said that beforehand, that you would have lost that quarter. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> nah, fuck that. There's no reason. But didn't you say he was going to fight him, though, in the build? Like, uh, he said, he said that he was that they're friends and basically said that because Tyler Breeze said that you're stealing something from your supposed friend, and okay. Dusty's like, no, 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 no. Once he's once he's healed, we're gonna we're gonna settle who's the who's the Intercontinental Champ. Me and him are gonna have because I made a like face a friendly match. I made a face then. I do remember that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, That's nasty. I remember thinking that was disgusting. Tommy Dreamer versus Dusty Rose. Then you're like tag team. Like yuck. What the polka dots? I gotta have the polka dots. How many more matches do you have? Two. He's got three. Okay. Oh, you got two. Yeah. I should. I think so. Because you're running at about a half hour per match. All right. Well, I'm trying. I'm going. All right. This one should be fast because there's not a lot going on with this. But that's the best. Um, Five. <laughs> Give me one second. <laughs> what did he say? Mike's going to that sleepy pizza territory. Bro, it's almost midnight. I got it. All right. All right. Let me get this. Let me get this going. So, Livewire Week One. Uh, Bill Alfonso is seen backstage with Umaga and Haku. Um, him, Bill Alfonso begins talking to the camera. In Polynesian mythos, the Maero are supernatural giants inhabiting the forests and mountains in the South Island. These beasts are malevolent. They are wild. They are violent, carrying clubs to beat their victims down. Covered in dark hair, long bony fingers, and sharp nails, they kill and eat humans and other animals. They harbor anger towards the Maori people coming 
from the home, coming from the home island of Hawaii, Hawaii. They left their island and displaced the Mairo, and they've ruined the Tapu, the sacredness of their homes, forcing them to dwell in the inhospitable alpine regions of Polynesia. But that's just a myth, a story, an art form. But isn't it ironic how well art can mirror reality? See, the Mairo in real life are giants that are larger than life. They have been slandered as wild beasts prone to violence. They've been called feral monsters. The truth, however, is that the Myro hold resentment not towards the natives of Hawaii, but instead to those that trash their names as savages. They are not violent savages. They are not feral monsters. They are not evil, malevolent beasts. However, no matter what they did, they could never peel that aura away. So if the world wants wild savages, if the world wants, if the world wants malevolent monsters, if the world wants violent beasts, then Mayero is happy to oblige. And the um, camera fades to black. So Umaga and Haku defend their titles, uh, tag team titles in a rematch from the last pay-per-view against Dusty Rhodes and Tommy Dreamer on Rebellion. This match is decently competitive. Last 13 minutes, but ultimately ends up seeing Mayero take out the opposition in convincing fashion. Um, Haku has a squash match on Alpha against Brian Pillman. Uh, Rocky Johnson and Ron Simmons... Rocky Johnson has a match against Brian Pillman with Ron Simmons in this corner. Um, again, uh, Umaga and Haku squash some local talents named Jimmy and Joey Smith. Um, Umaga squashes Scott Justice on Rebellion. <laughs> um, as Myro heads up the ramp, Soul Train's music hits, and they pass the champions as they go on to compete in the number one contenders match. So Soul Train versus the Flock. So you got the team of Johnson and Simmons beats Raven and Snow in a 12-minute match. Um, making Soul Train the official number one contenders for the tag team championships. Uh, Haku and Rocky Johnson have a war of a match lasting 27 minutes on Alpha, but ultimately Haku wins, extending Myro's undefeated streak. Um, on Livewire, Umaga faces Ron Simmons. Umaga and Ron Simmons have an 18-minute match that sees Simmons almost win, but after interference from Haku, Umaga wins. After the match, Bill Alfonso and Haku get in the ring, and Bill Alfonso starts talking to Ron Simmons and Rocky Johnson. You keep trying to live out your glory days. You try to be the men you once were, but it will be to no avail. Because even the men you were in your primes are nothing compared to the monsters of that Myro are right now. Muster up all the courage that you require and you match to and you march to your funeral on Sunday. You want to have one last shot at glory, but you chose the wrong path. Your path leads to nothing but your downfall. The Myro will do absolutely everything in their power to take their titles home with them, even if that means they have to rip you limb for limb in the process. Ron Simmons is huddled over invisible pain, and Rocky Johnson is helping him stand up while screaming about, we'll see about that. Nothing can derail the soul train. Renee Young is seen backstage on Rebellion with Ron Simmons and uh, Rocky Johnson standing beside her. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by Soul Train. You guys are set to go head-to-head with PTC World Tag Team Champions Myro this Sunday. This coming Sunday. So far, everyone in their path has come up short. What makes Soul Train any different? Ron Simmons answers the question. Umaga and Haku are used to being bullies in the ring. They win their matches before they even start. But you cannot intimidate the intimidators. Myro is going to end up like just like Iron Mike Tyson before them. When they come face-to-face with someone they can't spook, they're going to crumble and fall. Rocky Johnson starts out next. Our experience is worth more than anything Umaga and Haku have. We have forgotten... Forgotten more about this industry than they've ever experienced. Bill Alfonso talks about giants, but they don't compare to the Andres and John Studs. 
They talk about being wild beasts. They pale in comparison to Afa and Sika. They want to talk about the pride of Polynesia, but they aren't the high chief Peter Maivia. Bill Alfonso, you said we were chasing the last days of our glory, and maybe you're right, but there's one thing you're wrong about. See, I may be, not be as good as I once was, but I'm still better than both of them. Myro, get off the tracks. And Ron Simmons finishes uh, the sentence, because the soul train is coming down the line. Now time for the match. Ron Simmons and Rocky Johnson come out first to Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye. Ron Simmons is wearing black trunks. <laughs> Ron Simmons is wearing black trunks with red knee pads and white boots. Rocky Johnson has on red trunks and white boots. Uh, Ron Simmons and Rocky Johnson hit the ring and await the champions. As the room darkens, uh, Haku and Umaga's entrance music hits, and the giants known to the world as Mayaro are led to the ring by Bill Alfonso. The referee presents both belts to the belt to both teams and the crowd before asking for only one representative from each team to remain in the ring and the other to return to the apron. Umaga and Simmons stay in the ring, and the referee calls for the bell. Ron Simmons gets in the face of Umaga by, before telling him, you don't scare me. Umaga hits Simmons with an open-hand open uppercut to the throat of Simmons. Simmons answers with a big right hand. Both men stand in the center of the ring, trading big shots in the pocket. Umaga sits, uh, gets an opening with another uppercut to the throat, followed by a savat kick to the chin, and down goes Simmons. Umaga straddles Simmons on the ground, wrapping both hands around his, uh, his throat, and then lifts him to his feet. Umaga lifts... Simmons in the air by a throat before tossing him into Myro's corner. Umaga tags in Haku and grabs Simmons by the ankles. Umaga starts spitting with Simmons in a giant swing, and after a few revolutions, Haku dives uh, Simmons, crashing into him, is crashing his forearm into Simmons' skull. Haku blasts more forearm shots into the skull of Simmons before jumping up and nailing him with a splash. Haku drags Simmons to the corner and tags in Umaga. Haku stomps Simmons and makes sure he is lying adjacent from Myro's corner as Umaga scales to the top turnbuckle. Umaga dives down, cracking skulls with a diving headbutt. Simmons is writhing on the mat. Johnson's yelling out encouragement and trying to extend his hand for a tag. Umaga laughs at Johnson before pulling Simmons to his feet and immediately hoists him up and throws him into Myra's corner with a uh, buckle bomb. Umaga tags in Haku, and both the, the Polynesian giants start stomping on Simmons. Haku pulls Simmons to his feet before sending him back down with a thunderous headbutt. Haku is now laughing at Rocky Johnson as he stomps on the apron screaming for his partner to get back to their corner and make the tag. Haku turns his attention back to Simmons, who has worked himself to a four-point four base. Haku hits Simmons with a forearm smash to the spine, flattening Simmons out. Haku stomps away at Simmons before pulling him to his feet. Haku taunts Johnson in the corner before scooping Simmons up for a power slam. Simmons slips out and nails Haku with a forearm smash to the back of the head. Simmons hits the ropes and cracks Haku with a leaping shoulder tackle, sending the, giant, the Tongan giant crashing to the mat. Simmons leaps to the corner, making the hot tag to Rocky Johnson. Johnson immediately climbs to the top rope and hits Haku with a diving crossbody before running and bouncing off the ropes to hit Haku with a flying forearm smash. Johnson dances around the ring as Haku stands back up. Once Haku is back on his feet, Rocky hits him with the Johnson shuffle, sending Haku back to the mat. Haku works back to his feet again, and Rocky takes him back down with a rock bottom. Johnson follows up by grabbing the legs of Haku and locking in the sharpshooter. Haku is screaming out in agony as Rocky cinches the... Sharpshooter even deeper. Just as he does, however, Umaga cracks Rocky Johnson with a savat kick. Ron Simmons enters uh, the chaos with a chop block to the knees of Umaga. Haku grabs Ron Simmons from behind and locks in a Tongan spike. Uh, Simmons looks to be unconscious now. Haku stands up from the canvas and turns right into a spine buster from Rocky Johnson. Johnson stands back up and hit with a spinning wheel kick from Umaga. Umaga lays into Johnson with some stiff forearm shots before pushing Haku back into the corner and tagging him properly. Umaga stomps on the spine of Rocky Johnson a few times before dropping his knee to his knees and laying in some hard forearms. 
Umaga grabs Rocky and pulls him to his feet and nails him with an ace crusher. Uh, Umaga sends Johnson into the corner with a hard Irish whip. Johnson crashes into the turnbuckle lands and lands seated in the corner. Umaga rushes in and nails him with a wild or with a Samoan wrecking ball. Rocky Johnson falls out of the corner and onto the canvas. Umaga crashes into him again with a wild monkey splash. Umaga picks Johnson up and Irish whips him into the ropes and runs to the opposite ropes, bouncing off of them towards Rocky Johnson. Rocky Johnson reverses Umaga and nails him with a snap overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Both men leap for dual hot tags and Simmons and Haku rush to the center of the ring. Ron Simmons lifts Haku and sends him down to the canvas with a standing thrust spine buster. Uh, Ron Simmons roars and hypes up the crowd before pulling Haku to his feet. Simmons lifts Haku into the air for a suplex but holds him high before doing a, a few squats and then finally completing the suplex. Ron Simmons hurriedly scales the turnbuckle and leaps off, hitting uh, Simmons with a or hitting Haku with the diving headbutt. Sorry, but Haku rolls over at the last seconds and Simmons bounces face first off the canvas. Haku grabs Simmons and hits him with a pile driver. Haku tags in his partner Umaga and places uh, Ron Simmons in the trio wolf <laughs> position in the corner. Umaga hits Simmons with a running jumping headbutt in the corner. Umaga lifts Simmons to his feet before hoisting him in the air with a military press and then slamming him to the mat with a Samoan drop. Umaga stares menacingly out to the crowd as he is seated on the canvas. Bill Alfonso is blowing his whistle and cheering on Umaga. Umaga stands up and starts beating the back of uh, Simmons with overhand forearm, forearm shots. Eventually, Umaga grabs Simmons by the back of the head and brings him up to his feet. Simmons reverses grabbing a wrist lock and following up with a short arm lariat. Umaga hits the canvas and bounces up back to his feet. Simmons is immediately grabbing him, hoisting him up for a belly-to-back suplex. Simmons tags Rocky Johnson in, and Johnson hits the ring like a bolt of lightning. Johnson cracks Umaga with a standing dropkick. Rocky Johnson then rushes and hits the ropes before nailing Umaga with a running swinging neckbreaker. Johnson kips up to hit the rope, or sorry, Johnson kips up and rushes to the opposite side of the ropes and comes back with a thrusting lariat to Umaga. Johnson isn't done yet, however, hitting the ropes one last time and smashing into Umaga with a running, flowing snap DDT. Rocky Johnson uh, picks Umaga and Irish whips him into the ropes. Johnson catches Umaga on, on the rebound and hits him with a scoop power slam. Johnson stands up and starts shuffling around the ring, hyping the crowd again, before getting smashed by a lariat from... Oh, sorry. Johnson Johnson starts shuffling, hyping the crowd again. But as Johnson turns around, and he is flatlined by a savat kick from Haku. Haku roars to the crowd before getting smashed by a lariat from Ron Simmons. Simmons pulls Johnson to the corner and tags himself in. Simmons comes in and stomps Umaga in the back of his head. Simmons then pulls Umaga in and thrusts him up into the air for a powerbomb. After Umaga crashes to the mat, Simmons keeps his hands locked and deadlifts Umaga back into the air before slamming him down for a second time with a sit-out powerbomb. Ron Simmons stands up, roaring out to the crowd before being hit by a flying forearm smash from Haku. Backbreaker from Haku to Ron Simmons to keep him down. Haku drags Simmons to the corner and sets him in the turnbuckles. turnbuckles. The, right, the ref tries to remove Haku, but Haku shoves him away, making the ref tumble through the ropes to the outside. Haku pulls Umaga to his feet and points over to Simmons in the corner. Johnson rushes in at Haku, but is met with a big boot for his troubles. Umaga runs, bouncing off the ropes, and then hits Simmons with a Samoan wrecking ball. Haku picks up Rocky Johnson and throws him at Umaga, who hits him with a reverse STO. Haku grabs Simmons and puts him in the center of the ring before locking, locking in a Tongan death grip, uh, holding Simmons in place as Umaga shatters his larynx with a Samoan spike. Haku rolls out of the ring and tosses the referee back into the ring as Umaga covers Simmons. The, river, the referee counts to three for the pinfall victory in Myro's favor. That's it.
Okay, so this I'm is big meaty men slapping me. It is big meaty men slapping me, and I like the match itself. But I hate Soul Train. Like I'm just gonna be honest, I don't <laughs> like Soul Train at all. It feels like knockoff New Day. Um, <laughs> it was bold. I'll give it that. I don't feel like it's knockoff New Day. Look, it might, be, it might be. It might be knockoff Tony Atlas, Rocky Johnson. But it's not. I'm happy New Day. as long as he doesn't have them come out saying it's the Soul Train. <laughs> yeah, that's no. what I was waiting for. No, they came um, out to it. Ain't no mountain high. Yeah, I think I think that I, like that. That hurt me. I, I don't like enough. that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought um, that was a funny touch. <laughs> uh, they should have come out to to like uh, uh, James Brown. Well, I uh, like what I gave him. Okay, I'm gonna give you because I like the match itself. I'm gonna give you a, th- and I like the Myro. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give you a three. Okay. I'm not gonna hate too much. I you, just you, I don't so, like Soul Train. So you don't like the Soul Train that much? I yeah, I I I'm disgusted. <laughs> I, I, I don't he's like annoyed. He's flat out disgusted. <laughs> I don't like that you used Haku instead of Meng. Uh Meng is the better version of Haku. I, this is specifically so... Haku. Just so everybody knows, this is specifically Haku with the gigantic afro that wears the fucking leopard pants. Those are the big the, ass pants. The, yeah. He this, wasn't that, as, that Haku. He was he's not as good as when he was Meng, so I'm gonna give you a four. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'll take it. Kenny John. You go uh, ahead, John. Okay. I thought this was pretty middle of the road. Not a whole not a crazy bunch wrong with it, not a crazy bunch right with it. Fair uh, enough. Soul Train was a risk. I'm actually gonna say I get why Damone's disgusted. He's right. But I, appreci- <laughs> I appreciate the audacity, though. <laughs> so you're going to get some coins just for the audacity of that. Uh, uh, I feel like the uh, Haku Umaga thing, uh, this is probably going to come so come off kind of uh, kind of asshole-ish, but it's just a way worse version of what I did with him and Samoa Joe. I disagree. Samoa Joe can talk. Neither one of these guys are – these are just savages. That, that, I think that's a reason it's worse. That's fair, I guess. I don't. Because uh, Samoa Joe is better than you see, Bill Alfonso is the manager. Yeah, Bill Alfonso is a fun manager, but Samoa Joe is a way better. Player. I was imagining Let's him just yelling honest. about these these two monsters and then the monsters. Yeah, yeah. ripping literally ripping your spine out. Like, <laughs> so you know what? I, I think I'm being a little bit unkind here. I'm gonna give this a three point seven five. It's you. pretty good. It, it, and like I say, 50 cents of that is just from the audacity of Soul Train. Hey, I'll be honest with you guys. The, my, the matches I came in here the least confident about are getting the best reviews, and the ones I was the most confident about are getting the worst reviews. So, welcome to my life. <laughs> I'm very confused. I literally thought that uh, the Lawler segment of him getting his ass whooped was a guaranteed five across the board, and it got one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, by the, the new day thing, I don't mean like later new day. I mean, like early, like new when day, they started. I when see. they like I first started. I don't personally see the the correlation. I'm not mad that you said it, but I, just, I don't, I don't see it. I this them to me are just like a an old school powerhouse tag team. Like that's that's what they are. Like they're not really. 
I feel like Ricky the Dragon would be like hanging out with them. Talk about <laughs> donating <laughs> lunchboxes to the kids. What did you say, Kenny? <laughs> I said shout out to them old school tag teams. So I said. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Who else has to It's Kenny. And then I got one more match. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. But Okay. Um, event, I, so. I'm going to give it. I gave it a 3.5. Honestly. Okay. I thought, um, I'll take that. Yeah, it was it was the audacity. Like I just want to say, you took a risk, but it but it wasn't like a, it wasn't a risk where it was like, oh my god, this is terrible. It but really it wasn't, wasn't like it, it wasn't great either though. But it was like I I kind of fuck with it. It was like it was like I kind of see I want to see where this goes. That kind of thing. Okay. The match the match like I'm I'm not really a big fan of you know I'm not really a big fan of heavyweights against heavyweights. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I don't let the big meaty men slap meat shit. That's, that's not my <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, so everybody rated, right? We're good? Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is the main event. So week one, live wire. The lights are low and Gangrel's music begins to play as the ring of fire lights on the <laughs> I stage. forgot about this. Ah, shit. Here Gangrel. we go again. <laughs> Let me tune Gangrel, in. James Mitchell, shut up. <laughs> Gangrel, James Mitchell, and Ludo Bashan rise through the ring of fire with a casket behind them. The trio slowly saunter down the ramp toward the ring. The ring has a podium in it as well as a black carpet over the canvas. The trio enter the ring and the crowd pours booze onto them. James Mitchell walks up to the podium, taking a moment before reciting his well-known phrase. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today by the grace of our Lord Superior Gangrel. Unfortunately, The Undertaker is not so lucky. So now I say, ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today to celebrate the destruction of the demon known as the Dead Man. We are here to praise our Lord Superior for ridding the world of the monster that has haunted our lives for the past 30 years. Gangrel has thrown the creature of the abyss to the wayside and has eliminated the man once known as the Phenom. Ladies and gentlemen, I, James Mitchell, am here to tell you that there is only one phenom in this world, and he is our Lord Superior Gangrel. Ladies and gentlemen, join me today in praise and celebration of our Lord Superior. Father, we are excited to be blessed with your presence. We are grateful to be provided the honor of experiencing you. We are thankful for your sacrifice. We are appreciative of your battle to rid the world of the demons of the abyss. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Lord Superior Gangrel. Gangrel walks to the podium smiling and laughing. Creatures of the night rejoice. I have spent the past few months in a holy war with the dead man, the Undertaker. Sunday night, I put the nail and final nail in his coffin, literally. I put the Undertaker six feet deep and I buried him alive. I walked through the shadow of the valley of death, but I feared no evil. You shall do the same, for thou art with you. Thy, ride, thy rod and thy staff shall they comfort you. Because you saw that even more monsters have stepped up His to be put down you. as a sac sacrifice <laughs> to me and and my legacy. You guys, you motherfuckers interrupt me and make me lose my father. That's a job. <laughs> everyone looked at me and said that you may not, you, uh, everyone looked at me and said that you may have beat everyone in your path, but you can't beat the Phenom. Then I beat him. They said you can't beat the dead man inside of Hell in a Cell. That's his match. I drug him into Hell and I walked back out. Then they said, you can't beat The Undertaker in a buried alive match. But as we all see, I am standing before you and Mark Calloway is in Houston, Texas, rotting beneath the earth. Taker, I told you that I am the one and only phenom in this world. I'm sorry that your demise was what it took to prove it to you. James Mitchell takes to the podium once again. Ladies and gentlemen, join me once again as through the request of our Lord Superior, we ask that the knights in the afterlife gift mercy onto the soul of Mark Calloway. And as is custom, we ignite the casket to symbolize the eternal flame of the afterlife. 
We offer this soul to the reapers to do unto it as they please. So druids surround the, uh, start to surround the, class, the casket, torches in hands. Just before they light it, though, Jake Roberts' music hits, and Gangrel looks disgruntled. But James Mitchell and Luda Vashon are enraged that uh, Roberts would dare to interrupt such a ceremonial moment. Roberts walks out, microphone in hand. Gangrel, you slimy son of a bitch. You've never been worth a damn, and neither one of your lackeys have either. Nevertheless, this is a new low. How dare you? How dare you soil a legacy like The Undertaker's? You won. Nefarious as it may be, you did win. Hold your head high, but don't you dare. Don't you dare tarnish the legacy of The Undertaker. I've never been one to accept disrespect me towards me or those that accept disrespect towards me or those that I love and respect. Usually that title would make you untouchable. But tonight must be my lucky night. See, you weren't the only one to win on Sunday night. By beating Kurt Hennig, I became the number one contender for the title. So all of you little rats, enjoy your time here because the snake is on the hunt. Take over, seek, and destroy. Gangrel versus Jake Roberts. I am the one that ends your reign once and for all. On Rebellion, uh, Renee Don't you Young mean one shot at glory? What did I say? You said yeah, seek and yeah. destroy. Yeah, that's my next pay-per-view. That was my bad. I, was, I wrote the wrong one in there. Um, thank you for catching that. <laughs> uh, Renee Young is joined backstage by Jake Roberts. Young tells Roberts that there are a ton of similarities between Gangrel and himself. Uh, both men are guys who many have felt have never reached their full potential. They are both men that lend themselves to the darkness and the fear of many to elevate their existence. How are Gangrel and Roberts different? Roberts responds, Gangrel is a, scrimy scum, is a grimy scumbag. He's a bastard that holds no sense of integrity, no sense of respect for others, no sense of honor or tradition. Gangrel is a man that never thought he would get his hands on the world title. Now he will do anything to keep it. I'm a man that never thought he would get my I never thought I would get my hands on the world title. And that was because of my own personal downfalls. I never blamed another man for my own failures. I never cheated another man to get my shot. I will never cheat another man to keep that belt. When I beat Gangrel, I will defeat that belt by myself and may the best man win. Uh, Jake Roberts has a squash match that night against the local talent. Uh, so on the first episode of Alpha, Travis T opens, opens the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Primetime Championships. And let me tell you what an honor it is to say these words. My name is Travis T, and this is Alpha. The crowd pours in a mix of cheers and boos. Travis T continues. When I found out the Alpha Wrestling Championships was available for purchase, I did not hesitate to buy it because I wanted to ensure that the legacy uh, continued. It was important to me that the incredible talent that built these hallowed halls would be continued to be celebrated on a global scale. AWC was a pillar of the wrestling community, and now Alpha will become a pillar of primetime championships. As Travis T continues his speech, a red filter fills the arena, and Gangrel's music hits. The ring of fire on the, uh, lights on the stage, and the trio of Gangrel, James Mitchell, and Linda Vashon rise from the stage. Gangrel immediately grabs a microphone and starts walking as he, talking as he walks down the ramp. Travi, it's just like you come out here... It's just like you to come out here and try to stroke the egos of those around you. You speak of AWC as this holy ground for warriors that are revered by their allies and enemies alike. But the truth is, AWC was a failure of a company that full of failure wrestlers. AWC has come to as was home to a bunch of losers, just like PTC. The only difference is that you have me to keep your company afloat. The crowd is booing Gangrel as he enters the ring, and Gangrel turns his attention to the crowd. You boo me because you see yourself in all of those losers and failures. 
You're scared to turn yourself to the Lord Superior, so you will die a failure just like The Undertaker did and just like Jake Roberts will. The crowd continues to rain down booze. Now, Travi T, I don't know where you got the idea to not allow your longest reigning world heavyweight champion to finally get a night off at TakeOver One Shot of Glory, but you didn't even let me choose my own opponent. But don't you worry, because your Lord Superior is forgiving. But I want my champion's advantage, Travi. I want to pick the stipulation for the match. Travi T nods slowly before putting the microphone to his mouth. Gangrel, I hate to say it, but you're right. Over the past 487 days, you have pushed yourself to the limit and put down everybody in front of you. I will grant you the power to choose the stipulation of your match with Jake Roberts at TakeOver One Shot at Glory. So what will the stipulation be? Gangrel laughs before saying, you'll find out with the rest of the world right when I want you to. And Gangrel leaves the ring laughing as the camera fades to black. Uh, so the next week on Livewire, Jake Roberts is shown backstage. Jake looks deadpan at the camera and speaks softly. Gangrel on onto the first episode of Alpha to whine. Or Gangrel walked onto the first episode of Alpha to whine and complain. He whined that he had to fight. He complained that he didn't get to pick who he would fight. Then he insulted two companies, two rosters, Travi T, and the fans themselves. All before demanding that he get picked get to pick the stipulation for our match to take over one shot at glory. Gangrel demanded that he could use this champion's advantage to those to choose what kind of match we would be in. Well, it doesn't matter to me. Singles, street fight, buried alive, crucifix, it doesn't matter. Take all the advantages you want. You'll need them more than I will. This python is on the hunt, Gangrel, and he wants a bat as his prey. Mark my words, at takeover one shot at glory, Jake Roberts will, vampi- will vanquish the vampire king, Gangrel, and become world heavyweight champion. So the main event segment sees of that same show sees the lights drop, drop and a red light fill the arena as the infamous trio rises up through the stage of fire, through the ring of fire. Uh, once in the ring, James Mitchell grabs the microphone and leads the crowd to rejoice in the presence of Gangrel. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today by the grace of our Lord Superior Gangrel. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today to sit under the learning tree of our Lord Superior Gangrel. We are here to learn what match the great Gangrel has decided to eliminate the demonic Jake Roberts from your TV television sets each week. So ladies and gentlemen, join me once again in praising our Lord Superior. Join me as I thank him for the knowledge he gives unto us. Join me as I thank our Lord Superior for the sacrifices he takes unto himself for the greater good of each and every one of us. Ladies and gentlemen, join me today in praise and celebration of our Lord Superior. Father, we are excited to be blessed with your presence. We are grateful to be provided with the honor of experiencing you. We are thankful for your sacrifice. We are appreciative for your battle to rid the world of the demons of the abyss. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Lord Superior, Gangrel. Gangrel smiles as he stands in the center of the ring and the crowd boos him. I hear the voice of evil coming from the crowd. I hear the influence of the demon Jake Roberts in the crowd. I hear the hatred of Jake Roberts, the evil of Jake Roberts, the corruption of Jake Roberts flowing through each and every one of you here tonight. I want you all to know that I forgive you. I forgive you because I know that your bovine brains can only handle so much intelligence. It's not easy to comprehend the sacrifices I make for you, Barmy. You Barmy, brain-dead, cretinous creatures are so easily influenced by the wicked and odious nature of someone like Jake Roberts. So as your Lord Superior, I forgive you, mindless swine. Now listen to the words I say. Jake Roberts, I am speaking directly to you from here on out. You think you're the apex predator of PTC. You think that you're the one hunting me. But to be the world heavyweight champion is to be at the top of the food chain. Everyone wants my spot. 
So I never stop hunting. So I never stop hunting the hunters that seek my to take my head as a trophy. I do everything with my survival in mind. My survival is more important than anything else on this planet. Let's focus on the reality of the situation. With me at the top of the ladder, ratings for PTC are at all-time highs. The profits of the company's stock breaks records daily. I am a shuttle to take this company, as the kids say, to the moon. More people profit off my existence as the greatest world heavyweight champion than people have ever relied on you, Jake. Do you believe you can handle the weight of this burden? Do you believe that you are now rehabilitated to the point that the pressure of the responsibility of multiple families' livelihood resting solely on your shoulders? Jake, let's be honest. Primetime championships cannot survive the deathly blow of seeing their world champion on a bender somewhere in South Dakota. Primetime championships can't handle the shot to the heart of the face of the company showing up on TMZ passed out from an overdose. Let's focus on the reality of the situation, Jake. You can't handle the adversity, the stress of being the best in the world. That's why you never made it to the top. And it's why I will never allow you to take this heavyweight championship from me. I will use every single advantage afforded to me. I'll use every weapon that I can form against you. I will show you what it means to be the best in the world. I will show you the difference between a diamond and common coal. The pressure makes me my best. The pre pressure makes you crumble against yourself. At TakeOver One Shot at Glory, I will use everything available to me to take you down. At TakeOver One Shot at Glory, the Lord Superior Gangrel will defend his World Heavyweight Championship against Jake the Snake Roberts in a no-disqualification match. Jake, I will stop at nothing to remain champion. If I need to, I will end your career and your life just like I did The Undertakers. So the next week on Livewire, Jake Roberts walks out to the ring and begins to speak to the crowd. One, Last, one quick question. Yeah, what's up? You said the match type he chose was just a no DQ? Yes. Okay. Jake Roberts walks to the ring and begins to speak to the crowd. Last week, when I last week I said I wasn't worried about what kind of match Gangrel put us in, but then Gangrel walked out here and had his service for all of you. After lambasting you and I alike, blaming me for the booze he receives and exploiting my past, Gangrel finally made a declaration. I take over one shot at Glory. Gangrel and I will go head to head in a no disqualification match. No, I know what this means. You want no disqualification, then you can have James Mitchell and Lita Fajan there to screw me whenever they get the chance. You want no disqualification, so you can use any weapon you can get your hands on to take me out. Now, I know last week I said I wasn't worried, but after seeing the deck stacked against me like this, I have to say, I'm still not worried. Take every weapon, take every extra body that will line up for your cause, take every advantage you can, Gangrel, because none of it will be enough. Gangrel, I'll be back, be in the back on my knees asking for forgiveness after I pull your still-beating heart right out of your chest in the middle of this ring. Gangrel, I'm like nobody you've ever shared a ring with. I am the next in line. I intend to keep my spot as next in line. I intend to do whatever it takes to leave that with that belt, even if it means I leave and you don't. You took it to new heights last week, Gangrel. Well, I'm your Huckleberry because I'm not afraid to die for this. Huckleberry. Can you say the same? <laughs> That's a line from a movie. Um, to, uh, Tombstone? Yeah. Yeah, great movie by the way you're not seeing it that's my wreck um, <laughs> so Travi T and Gangrel are seen backstage so when we turn from commercial Gangrel bursts into Travi T's office did you just see that did you see what he just did did you hear him that maniac just threatened my life he just threatened to kill me in front of all of my followers 
Jake Roberts is a psychopath. You cannot allow me to walk out and fight that lunatic. Uh, Travis P looks confused and asks, so what exactly are you asking me right now, Gangrel? Are you asking me to cancel the World Heavyweight Championship match for TakeOver One Shot at Glory? Are you asking me to deny these great fans a match that we already promised them? Gangrel nods aggressively. Now that is the best idea you've had since you started this company, Travis. You cancel the match and send that fiend to the nearest asylum. Travis look, looks even more confused. So, Gangrel, if I cancel this match, what should I do with the main event take over, for TakeOver One Shot at Glory? Gangrel smiles and says, I got it. Travi, listen, take over one shot at glory, World Heavyweight Championship, number one contender match. Two of the greatest performers in this business today. Two of the hottest acts on our programs. Two of the very best. James Mitchell versus Luna Vashon. Travi T looks deadpan into the Gangrel's eyes. Go get your head right, Gangrel, because obviously you have lost your mind. At take over one shot at glory, you will defend your World Heavyweight Championship against Jake Roberts in the no disqualification match that you chose. Gangrel throws a tantrum before storming out. Uh, so an alpha, Gangrel walks out to close the show. An alpha flanked by Mitchell and Vashon, the trio into the ring, and James Mitchell raises a microphone to his mouth and utters those famous words. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today by the grace of our Lord Superior, Gangrel. Ladies and gentlemen, as you may know, Travi T has committed theological treason against our Lord Superior by forcing our Lord Superior to go toe-to-toe with the one named Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts uses the symbolism of the serpent to tempt every one of you to follow his regime. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be fooled. Just as Travi has before you, Travi T was seduced by the serpent. The silver tongue of the snake has persuaded Travi T to allow our Lord Superior to be put in a ring with a man that threatens his life directly. Now I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, if the serpent will strike the Lord Superior, what will he do to the transient, insignificant lives of you and I? If the serpent will make attempt to make prey of the greatest being on earth, how will he treat each and every one of us that hold no weight in this cosmic balance? If the serpent is willing to sacrifice our Lord Superior, why would he not sacrifice you and I alike? Ladies and gentlemen, I invite you now to join me. Join me as I give all of my power, all my energy, all of my praise and love to the Lord Superior Gangrel. Ladies and gentlemen, if you too believe Gangrel to be your Lord Superior and you too believe the serpent Jake Roberts to be the incarnate of Beezlebub, then join me as I pray for the strength that our Lord Superior requires. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in praising our Lord Superior. Join me as I thank him for the knowledge he gives unto us. Join me as I thank our Lord Superior for the sacrifices he takes today and praise takes unto himself for a greater good of each and every one of us. Ladies and gentlemen, join me today in praise and celebration of our Lord Superior. Father, we are excited to be blessed with your presence. We are grateful to be provided the honor of experiencing you. We are thankful for your sacrifice. We are appreciative of your battle to rid the world of the demons of the abyss. We are, we are here to offer you all of our life force in your battle against the serpent, for we are expendable pieces to the puzzle designed by the Lord Superior Gangrel. We offer you everything that we have for you. Without you, we are nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Lord Superior Gangrel. Gangrel takes the microphone from James Mitchell, not smiling and jovial as he usually is. Gangrel stands in the center of the ring silent for a minute, for a minute as the, crowds boo him. Uh, the crowd boos him. Gangrel slowly lifts the microphone up to his mouth. Travi T has scorned me for the final time. Jake Roberts has scorned me for the final time. Each and every one of you have scorned me for the final time. 
I tried to reason with Travi T. I tried to convince him that Jake Roberts was not mentally fit to compete for the world title. I tried to forgive all of you for being so stupid as to follow the path of Jake Roberts. I tried to be mindful of the damage that years of drug and alcohol abuse had on the brain of Jake Roberts. I tried to remember what it meant to be benevolent. I tried to spare him. But you left me no choice. Travi T, you left me no choice. Every single one of you booing me left me no choice. Jake Roberts has left me no choice. At TakeOver, one shot at glory, I will do what all of the cocaine and liquor on the planet couldn't do. I will take out Jake Roberts once and for all. Travi T, you are personally responsible for this impending tragedy. Every one of you, your failures in the crowd and at home, heckle and howl at the sight of me holds the blood of Jake Roberts on your hands. You are the monsters that will hack down Jake Roberts. You are the demons that seek his fall. You are the traitors to the cause that the serpent sold you. You are the murderers. I am the only vessel, only a vessel for the cause that you seek. I am only the knife in your hands. You are the ones that will kill Jake Roberts. Jake, I am sorry that it has come to this, but you have only have yourself to thank. Gangro drops the music as he continues to stare deadpan into the camera, and it fades to black. On Rebellion, uh, the next week, Gangro and his followers rise through the ring of fire and head to the ring. As usual, James Mitchell puts his mic puts the mic to his mouth and goes on with his usual sermon. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here by the grace of our Lord Superior Gangrel. Ladies and gentlemen, last week on Alpha, our Lord Superior promised to rid the world of Jake Roberts and that his blood would be on our hands before we have not been the dutiful followers that we should have been. Ladies and gentlemen, our Lord Superior is all-knowing. Our Lord Superior is forgiving. Our Lord Superior is a kind soul. He offers us absolution if only we repent for our crimes against him, only if we beg him for his forgiveness. So ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to join me as I ask forgiveness from our Lord Superior Gangrel. Father, forgive us for we know not what we do. Father, forgive us for we are not we are mindless molds that did not understand the weight of our actions. Father, forgive us, though we are not worthy of your forgiveness. Please find it in yourself to forgive us for our crimes against you. For we find solace and salvation inside your presence. Lord, forgive us for without you we are nothing. Lord, ladies and gentlemen, join me once again in praising our Lord Superior. Join me as I thank him for the knowledge he gives unto us. Join me as I thank our Lord Superior as the sacrifices he takes unto himself for the greater good of each and every one of us. Ladies and gentlemen, join me today in praise and celebration of our Lord Superior. Father, we are excited to be blessed with your presence. We are grateful to be provided the honor of experiencing you. We are thankful for your sacrifice. We are appreciative of your battle to rid the demons, rid the world of the demons of the abyss. Father, we thank you in advance for your benevolence and your forgiveness. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Lord Superior, Gangrel. Gangrel takes the microphone from James Mitchell and has a similar stone face as he did his last Saturday on Alpha. Before you can speak, however, Jake Roberts' music hits, and, it, and Roberts walks out to the ring as James Mitchell has a fit. Mitchell screams at Roberts for interrupting the Lord Superior until Gangrel silences him with one hand. Uh, Jake Roberts and Gangrel are eye-to-eye -eye for the first time. The tension is in the air, and neither man is flinching. Jake Roberts pulls the microphone to his uh, mouth. Gangrel, let's skip past all of the sermons and the name-calling and the death threats, and let's get down to the heart of the issue. Gangrel doesn't like Jake Roberts, and Jake Roberts sure as hell doesn't like Gangrel. Fundamentally, we are polar opposites. I see myself as a disciple of God. You believe yourself to be God. 
we couldn't be more different, but we do have a few similarities, Gangrel. Both of us have been in the position I am in right now. One last shot at the mountaintop. One final chance to be the world champion. Then when you were when you were in my spot, you seized the opportunity. At the end of the day, all I want to do is just that. Seize the opportunity. I don't want to be the one that everyone says just couldn't quite reach his potential. I don't want to go down as a failure. I don't want my legacy to be the drugs and the alcohol addictions and that have fueled your shots at me. I don't want my kids to only see me as a fiend. I take over one shot at glory. I have my one I have my one shot at glory. I have my final opportunity to be a winner, to be a success, to be a champion. You may want to remain champion, but I need to become champion. This means more than any delusion you can conjure. Gangrel laughs in the face of Roberts. You're smarter than I realize. You recognize the mistake you've made by calling me out. You realize that this is more than a match than you more to this match than you ever thought. You know, you need my forgiveness for I am the Lord Superior. I am God, Jake Roberts. It's not something I think. It's something we both know. You walked out here trying to simultaneously gain my sympathy, but maintain your facade as a crusader for your cause. I acknowledge your efforts and I applaud your performance here tonight, tonight but I will not forgive you. As I said last week, you have scorned me for the last time. Now I will be the final nail in your coffin, Jake Roberts. I have no qualms over being the one to put you down once and for all. But before I do, you will bow at my feet. Jake Roberts looks confused, and as Gangrel finishes his sentence, uh, James Mitchell cracks his cane across the back of the knees of Roberts. Uh, Roberts cries out in pain and drops to his knees. Uh, Mitchell canes Roberts in the ribs to make him bow at the feet of Gangrel. Gangrel grabs Jake Roberts by the uh, Jake Roberts by the head and hits him with an impaler DDT. The trio stand over the body of Roberts as the scene cuts to a commercial. So on Alpha, the last show before the the pay per view, uh, Gangrel opens the final Alpha Alpha before the takeover. One shot at Glory. James Mitchell starts his sermon, but he is almost instantly silenced by Gangrel. James, I appreciate your devout dedication to me, but tonight I require no introductions. These animals that continue to boo me deserve no worship. So instead, I will speak only to Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts, last night you walked down the ramp, stepped between these ropes, looked me in my eyes, and tried to beg me, tried to plead your cause to me. You disrespected me yet again, so I put you down. Through the sound of the discourse I hear from the barbarous fools, you think I went too far. If you believe that I went too far last night, just wait until tomorrow when I do that what none of you cowards have had the courage to do. I end the suffering of Jake Roberts once and for all. And how poetic it will be. How poetic will it be that the final blow of the legacy of Jake Roberts is that very legacy itself. I will use everything that Jake Roberts is and watch it implode into itself. Jake Roberts has given nothing to this world except failure and disappointment, and false ideology, and broken hearts that he's all given us, except for just one more thing. Jake Roberts has given the world one blessing, the DDT. Now how poetic is it that Jake Roberts will be taken down and sent to the bottom of the heap to die, just like the Undertaker before him, due to the perfected version of his own creation. Jake Roberts, thanks you, thank you for giving me the base to the weapon that will put you down once and for all. The Impaler DDT. Screen fades the black of the end to a commercial. Later that night, we see a video play of Jake Roberts in the chapel. Jake is sitting in a pew with his head down, but he lifts it and looks into the camera. 
Gangrel, you and your disciples have lambasted me and have spoken to my decision to use the symbolism of the snake. You spoke about the evil and the symbolism of the snake. You conveniently removed that the fake that the snake. You conveniently removed the fact that the snake is a symbol of fertility, guardianship, and medicine. As you spewed that you would murder me in front of my fans and my friends and my children, you spoke of the symbolism of the snake representing evil. You spoke of my alcoholism. You spoke about my drug abuse. You referenced my failures night in and night out. You spoke about my resilience but did so as if it was a coincidence. You wondered aloud how the drugs and the alcohol couldn't kill me. That made me think, why? Why didn't these things remove me from the mortal plane? Why hasn't my God called me home? What is my purpose? Then you spoke on the symbolism of the snake. You spoke on the message behind the animal in my name. It was at that moment that I knew. It was at that moment that I knew that what I was here for. Of all the things you left out of your sermon and speeches against the name of Jake Roberts, this was the one that was the most heinous. Snakes are seen as never-ending. Snakes are seen as symbols of rebirth, therefore symbols of reincarnation. Gangrel, I have died many times over, but Jake the Snake Roberts always rises again. I am the symbol of hope for God's children. I am the symbol of rebirth for God's children. I am proof that no matter your sins, you can be saved. No matter how many times you get knocked down, you can stand back up. No matter how many times you fail, you can still succeed. Gangrel, tomorrow night at TakeOver One Shot at Glory, you and I are going to go into battle for more than a belt. We're going to fight over our ideals. I intend to do right by my God. I intend to do right by my fans. I intend to do right by my children. For the first time, I intend to do right by myself. I will win the World Heavyweight Championship tomorrow night because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He, had, he leadeth me to be beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table for, before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The camera pans to this too, as the statue of Jesus on the crucifix on the wall before uh, on the wall of the chapel before fading out. So Jake Roberts is out first wearing white, green, and gold with uh, with a burlap sack over his shoulder. Jake gets into the ring and puts his burlap sack under the bottom turnbuckle in the far corner. Next, the lights drop and red glow fills the room. Suddenly, a ring of flames appears at the top of the stage. Gangrel's music hits and the unholy trinity rise through the flames. Gangrel marches down to the ring with his goblet of blood in hand uh, wearing all black. James Mitchell follows behind, lugging his signature cane as well as the Undertaker's urn, uh, wearing a blood red suit with a black trim. Behind him is Luna Vachon hoisting the World Heavyweight Championship in the air, wearing a black leather lingerie esque attire. Uh, Jake Roberts drops under the bottom rope to give the ring to the champion as Entourage. The Unholy Trinity enters the ring as Roberts paces the floor. Gangrel stands on the apron, facing the hard camera, takes a strong gulp of blood from his goblet, and sprays it out over the crowd. Gangrel gets into the ring and laughs as the crowd boos him. Luna Vachon hands the title over to the referee as Jake Roberts rolls back into the ring. The referee presents the championship belt to both Jake Roberts and Gangrel and then raises it to the crowd. The ref hands the belt down to Lillian Garcia and then clears the ring. Jake Roberts pulls down on the top rope, and he, but when he turns back, he gets hit with a nasty big boot from Gangrel. Gangrel tells the referee to ring the bell. As the bell rings, Jake Roberts is pulling himself up with the ropes. Gangrel scoops him up for a schoolboy for a two count. Gangrel is furiated and arguing with the ref. Roberts spins Gangrel around and Irish, Irish whips him into the ropes. 
Back body drops from Roberts to Gangrel. Roberts grabs a wrist lock on Gangrel before putting him up for a body a body drop. Uh, Roberts types the crowd as Gangrel tries to get back to his feet. Roberts catches him with a knee lift and Gangrel gets to his knees. Roberts picks Gangrel up and Irish whips him into the ropes, but Gangrel counters him with a spinning heel kick on the rebound. Gangrel starts wailing on Roberts back and back and neck with hard shots before picking Roberts up with a vertical suplex. Gangrel stomps Robert in the back as he lies prone on the ground. Gangrel goes to his corner and Vashon hands him a steel chair. Roberts has pushed himself to his knees and Gangrel cracks him over the head with the chair. Roberts falls hard, then Gangrel smashes the chair over the back of Roberts repeatedly until the chair cracks in half over Roberts' spine. Gangrel screams out to Vashon for another chair. Luna obliges and Gangrel sets it up in the chair in the center of the ring in front of Roberts. Gangrel sits down before kicking at Roberts as he tries to stand. Gangrel smacks the back of the head back of Robert's head and as Robert tries to pull himself up using Gangrel's legs as braces. Gangrel grabs Roberts by the hair, laughs in his face, and then snaps and Gang- then Gangrel snaps and knees uh Roberts in the gut before hoisting up and delivering a power bomb right into the onto the chair. Uh Gangrel laughs at Roberts as he lies on the ground writhing in pain. Gangrel rips uh Roberts up and hits Roberts with a DDT and goes for the pin. Roberts kicks out at two and a half. Gangrel is infuriated, arguing with the ref again. As Gangrel goes to grab Roberts, but uh, but Roberts hits Gangrel with an eye rake. Jake Roberts grabs Gangrel in a sleeper hold, cinching in deeper and deeper, but Gangrel gets hit with a donkey, call, donkey kick to the balls to break the hold. Both men drop to their knees, Gangrel gasping for breath, and Roberts grabs me his nether regions, or his private parts, as, as the moon says. Gangrel finally crawls up the ropes, as, but as he turns around, Jake Roberts grabs him and tosses him out of the ring. Luna and Mitchell crowd around Gangrel on the floor as Roberts continues to sell the low blow in the ring. Roberts finally drops down, rolling out of the ring to the floor. Roberts busts through Mitchell and Vashon to grab Gangrel, but when he does, Gangrel spits blood in the eyes of Roberts. Roberts retreats, now blinded, and James Mitchell cracks them over the back of the head with the Undertaker's urn. Jake Roberts uses the barricade to pull himself up to his feet. Gangrel grabs Roberts and Roberts throws a shot, but Gangrel traps his hand and with his arm, then traps the other arm before uh, tossing Roberts into the guardrail spine first, onto the guardrail spine first, uh, with a trapping suplex. Roberts falls into the crowd, and Gangrel grabs him before lifting up for a delayed vertical suplex onto the floor. Gangrel grabs Roberts from the ground and throws him into the ring before climbing the apron and then climbs to the top rope. Gangrel dives up the top rope, nailing Roberts with a corkscrew elbow drop. Uh, Gangrel then grabs Roberts and hits him with a bulldog. Gangrel taunts the crowd, asking them where their hero is now. Is this still the man you look up to? This failure. Gangrel goes to grab Roberts, and Roberts rakes his eyes once more. Roberts hits Gangrel with a hip toss and then immediately starts hitting him with knees to the ribs of Gangrel. Jake Roberts beats Gangrel down with thudding forearms before locking in a camel clutch and Gangrel on Gangrel right in the center of the ring. Just as it looks like Gangrel is about to go out, um, shit, I lost my spot. Uh, just as it looks like Gangrel is going to go out, James Mitchell cracks his cane over the skull of Roberts. Uh, Mitchell cracks Roberts with his cane repeatedly before the referee is able to intervene and get Mitchell out of the ring. Roberts finally goes to stand up, but when he turns around, Gangrel hits him with a lariat takedown scene, crashing back to the mat. Both men are laying on the mat now, Gangrel trying to catch his breath, and Roberts writhing on the ground. Gangrel pulls himself onto his feet, up to his feet, using the ropes before stumbling over to Roberts. Roberts has pushed himself up to all fours, but with Gangrel stumps the back of the head, sending him back to the mat. Gangrel, Robert, 
grabs Roberts by the hair and pulls him to his feet. Gangrel hits a few punches to Roberts, wobbling him and dropping Roberts to one knee before scooping him up for a scoop power slam. Gangrel wastes no time, grabbing Roberts and Irish whipping him into the corner. Gangrel goes into the opposite corner and then rushes at Roberts to deliver a clothesline, but Roberts moves at the last second and Gangrel crashes into the turnbuckles. Roberts traps Gangrel in the corner and nails him with repeated elbow shots. Roberts turns and hypes the crowd as uh, Gangrel stumbles out of the corner. Roberts turns and hits his signature punches on Gangrel before blasting him with a short arm clothesline. Uh, Roberts wants to make sure he maintains this momentum without any eruption, so he grabs the black the burlap sack, pulling uh, the Python Damien out of the bag and hurling it over the top rope on the James Mitchell. Mitchell flails on the ground as the serpent wraps itself around them. Roberts turns his attention to Gangrel. Roberts throws one finger in the air and swirls it around, signaling to the crowd that it's time to wrap the match up with a DDT. Uh, Roberts grabs Gangrel and pulls him into the position for the DDT, but before he can hit it, the camera shows his face in pain. The panning out to show that Luna Vachon was on her knees applying the testicular claw. Roberts is gripping Luna's hand, trying to get her to let go. Luna stands up. Roberts' testes still in hand, screaming testes, belligerently man. at Roberts <laughs> before scooping him up and thudding him onto the mat with a body slam. Roberts lies on the ground, wriggling in pain, but Luna hits a Luna salt on Roberts as icing on the cake to keep the hero down. Luna helps Gangrel get to his feet, and he orders her to get Roberts into the corner. Vashon drags Roberts across the ring to his nearest corner, standing him up and pressing herself into Roberts to fight to keep him upright. Gangrel runs from one corner to the other and hits Roberts with a clothesline into the corner. The ref tries to remove Vashon, but she throws the ref out of the ring before helping Gangrel hoist Roberts up to the top turnbuckle. Uh, Gangrel sends the turnbuckle, sends the turnbuckle, and uh, Roberts drives Roberts to the canvas with an avalanche tornado DDT. Gangrel isn't satisfied, though. Picking Roberts up and hoists him up for a hot shot onto the top rope. Gangrel falls against, or sorry, Roberts. Gangrel falls against the rope from exhaustion, but orders Luna to bring Roberts to him. Luna drags Roberts back to her Lord's beer, and Gangrel grabs Roberts and drives him to the mat with an Alabama slam. Gangrel grabs Roberts and hits him with a belly-to-back suplex. Gangrel struggles to get to his feet. However, this match has been grueling, and he is exhausted. Luna tries to help him up, but he stumbles and knocks her out out of the ring onto the floor. Gangrel pays no mind to her, however, and instead braces himself on the corner. Roberts has pulled himself up to his feet now and is stumbling towards Gangrel. Gangrel sees him and goes for a lariat, but Roberts ducks underneath. When Gangrel turns around, Roberts hoists him up and drops him face first on the turnbuckle for his snake eyes. Gangrel stumbles back, and Jake Roberts throws him back with a side suplex. Gangrel rolls back onto his feet, bounces off the ropes, and runs towards Roberts. Roberts hits an arm drag, and Gangrel rolls back onto his feet again. Rebounding off the ropes, Gangrel runs back towards Roberts and hits Roberts with a running DDT. Gangrel and Roberts are both on the ground now. Both men work themselves to their knees and start trading punches in the center of the ring. Gangrel gets the upper hand and pulls Roberts up. Gangrel hits the ti- Roberts with a tiger suplex. He grabs Roberts and pulls him back up again before hitting him with a tiger driver. Gangrel grabs Roberts and hits a bridging Northern Light suplex, but Gangrel collapses mid-pin from exhaustion for a two-count. Both men are down and out on the ground, barely stirring. The rest starts counting for a double knockout. Uh, he gets to the count of eight, but before Roberts pulls himself to his feet. Gangrel stands up right after and cracks him with a spinning back elbow smash, seeing both men crashing back down to the mat. Both men, Lynn, the, both men lie in the center of the ring again, and the referee starts his count. This time it only gets to six before... Gangrel stands up. Gangrel pulls Roberts up, but Roberts hits him with a center. Roberts covers Gangrel for a pin, but it's broken up at two and a half by Luna Vachon. Luna grabs uh, Roberts and hits him with a snap suplex. 
LaShawn picks Roberts up for almost immediately and hoisting him up and slamming him into the canvas with a sit-out powerbomb. Luda pulls Gangrel to his feet and drags Roberts to him. Gangrel hits Roberts with an impaler DDT. One, two, kick out. Roberts barely gets his shoulder up before the referee hits the three count. Gangrel is infuriated. He can't believe that Roberts kicked out after an impaler DDT. Gangrel screams at Luna to help him. Together, they hoist Roberts up for a sit-out powerbomb from Gangrel. Gangrel doesn't go for a pin, though. He screams at Luna for Luna to hold Roberts up as Gangrel stumbles up to his feet. Gangrel runs and hits a hits the ropes for blasting uh, Jake Roberts with a lariat. Gangrel pushes himself up and screams out to James Mitchell to bring a table in the ring. Gangrel is hanging on the ropes to keep himself up as he tells Luna Vashon to drag uh, Roberts to, the, to a corner. Both of his inferiors follow his orders to a tee. Gangrel and Mitchell set up the table right in front of the corner that Roberts was being held in by Luna. Gangrel tells Mitchell to do it. Mitchell reaches into his breast pockets and pulls out a small container, handing it to Gangrel. Gangrel opens the container and pours some liquid all over the table and tossing the uh, container out of the ring. Gangrel turns and orders Luna to help hoist Roberts up to the top rope. Gangrel then climbs to the top, to the middle rope himself. Uh, Gangrel hooks Roberts and then looks back at Mitchell and Vashon and nods. James Mitchell lights a match and throws it onto the table, instantly engulfing it in flames. Gangrel steps up to the top rope and hits a superplex through the flaming table. Both men are out now. Vashon starts throwing, uh, throwing out the broken table as Mitchell puts Gangrel on top of Roberts. The ref counts the pin. One, two, kick out at the last second. Nobody can believe that Roberts is still going. Gangrel is completely out, and Roberts is barely moving. Mitchell and Vashon are looking at each other, trying to work out what to do next. Vashon goes... Grabs Robert and goes for a power slam, but Roberts drops behind her and shoves her and Mitchell crashing to the outside of the ring. Roberts drops to all fours before pushing himself back up and once again signaling to the crowd for the DDT. Roberts grabs Gangrel and nails him with the DDT. Roberts struggles to roll, struggles to roll over the pin but finally gets the cover. One, two, but just before the three, three count, a hooded man smashes uh, Roberts with multiple hard chair shots. Roberts gets tossed out of the ring by the hooded man and two more appear and begin to jump him. One of the hooded men hits Roberts with a super kick before pulling his hood down to reveal himself to be Al Snow. The second man unhoods hoods and shown, is shown to be Raven. Raven nods at the man in the ring as Snow holds uh, Jake Roberts up. The man in the ring reveals himself to be Brian Pillman, diving from the outside with a suicide lariat to Roberts. Al Snow then drops Roberts with a snowplow. Brian, Brian Pillman uh, pulls up the protective mat on the ground as Raven grabs Roberts. Raven plants Roberts' skull to the concrete floor with a Raven effect DDT. Snow throws Roberts in the ring and Pillman puts Gangrel on top of him for the pin in the end, for the pin to end the match. Is that it? Yeah. It's the end of the show? Yeah. All right. Who wants to rate? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I have a couple of things that I, okay. that I wrote down because there is a lot. Yeah. So, um, the the revelation that it was no DQ was kind of anticlimactic. That's like fair. he made a big deal that it's he's gonna reveal his the champ what type of the match type and it was just a no DQ. Felt very anticlimactic. Um, I didn't I didn't like Jake Roberts as a face. Um, and I think you picked the worst version of him, which was like the religious Jake Roberts. I didn't like that. Also, I did like when he talked about how he loved and respected Taker. I felt like that was weird. And like why he like I get that he's gonna challenge him no matter what, because he won the title shot. But I think the love and respect part with the 
Undertaker. I mean, Undertaker's a legend, and this is a babyface, so it is. But I feel like Jake wouldn't say that, or didn't need to say that. Okay. Um, and then a lot of the stuff with Mitchell was just pretty repetitive. It was supposed Um, to be. I was wanting it to be. It's supposed to be like a a prayer. Yeah, because sermons are repetitive. They say that most of what they say is the same thing week after week. Right. Um. So the match itself was okay. Um. I except for the end, I didn't like the. You guys got on me last week for having the hooded men come out and then just reveal themselves right away. So, um, well, I didn't. I just said I didn't like that it was Nunzio. <laughs> That's all um, I said. I didn't care. About you pulled up with Al Snow. It, but I didn't like <laughs> it. I've been setting this up throughout actually, the entire show. Actually, actually, Al Snow wasn't the problem. Brian Pillman, I didn't like because of the way we set up Brian Pillman. Um, like, who the fuck wants Brian Pillman? Who cares? He's a loser. Well, uh, okay. Can I, can I that? <laughs> yeah. So. The very first match of the Brian Pillman story was him versus Al Snow. And they and tried to get him to They join. tried they to recruit him. him. So after after he's realized he's a lunatic and he can't he needs someone to guide him. He's missing something. He goes to Raven and, and joins Raven. And Raven, as his like to indoctrinate him, he has to follow Raven's plan. Okay, that makes it a little better. Uh I'm gonna give you a three. Okay. I could see why this follows Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, makes perfect sense and um, I mean I didn't really care for the religious stuff but I guess it was good in contrast to uh, the vampire cult stuff Uh, I'm going to go with a four and a quarter thank you Mike 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 knows good wrestling (laughs) he does like when he rated me high too Uh, (laughs) so uh I have a few comments. I agree with the majority of Damone's comments. Okay. And I thought that uh, Jake's promo got a little too into the, the religious sauce. Like, That's fair. It, he, like, he, it, he, it, he said a prayer at the like, end. Like, if, if my crucifix promos were too much, that was too much. I feel like okay. I see some hypocrisy there. I'm just going to throw that well, back. Well, no. At your problem was you made Pope. <laughs> you made a I guy named Pope. I don't remember saying that it was too much. The religious I, I didn't like it. Okay. Jerome said it was too much. Jake the Snake doing it's just as bad. Continuing forward. No, uh, Jake the Snake isn't. <laughs> okay. All right. I, Whatever. I, I, I mentioned it. That's part of the reason he got. So, um, I also don't think hyping up a DDT in the year of 20, whatever your year is, is what you thought it was. Ain't nobody I getting mean, hyped on a fucking DDT. Like, we, we got to move past this. Like, motherfuckers are doing like triple backflip ddt's off the top ropes now like i understand that but that's their finisher they're both they both use a ddt for yeah jake roberts invented it so that's why it was a a single line and a i understand but it bothered me just because of like how much hype was put into something so underwhelming okay uh like even double underhook DDTs are boring, and I hate that. But motherfuckers hype it when Andrade or Mox does it, let alone a regular one. Uh, I, um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else that Damone didn't say. Oh, the testy grab. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. it's all <laughs> claw. I didn't like make mine two dollars and eighty. What? I I hated the. T- t- the what did you give me originally? Three. three. 
Jesus Christ. So, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I hate the testy grab thing. That was I didn't like I didn't like that's that. one of her moves. <laughs> All right, Fudge, well, you, you, should, gonna, you should it. simply not use it. Um <laughs> I'm gonna It had redeeming aspects and you put a ton of work into this. Um I'm gonna give this a two point seven five. Mm. Kenny. All right. Uh <laughs> this is not nearly as bad as how how they're rating you or, or roasting you for it. I just want you to know that. You said that, you said that every assholes. Week. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Mike. <laughs> I, I, we gave reasons. Hey, they're not good reasons. You took almost the whole quarter. Absolutely not good reasons. Stick up for me that hard next time. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll not be so harsh and take away a full twenty cents for <laughs> one move. I'll make my. <laughs> make my $3.95. You said, I don't and think 90, he, $3.95. No, you're like, I don't think he would or say $2, that. $2.95. $2.95. No. <laughs> $2. What I don't like is the moan's like, oh, he wouldn't say that. Well, he did say that. So fucking deal with it. You exactly. I agree. Last week said, like, I don't think TCW wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Mike, and Mike and five minutes ago, you were like, the Pope wouldn't say that. Well, no, because you gave a guy named Pope. I give whatever fucking gimmick I want. It's fantasy booking. Fuck uh, you. And it sucked. So. And so did this. This did not suck. I like this. This is good. Yo, Unlike yo, your Kenny, fucking. Sorry, Travis. Crucif- I, let, I, let, I let roast Kenny you talk. to put a point to Mike. Let Kenny, Kenny talk. talk. Let okay. Kenny talk. All right. So I'm not going to lie to you, Travis. Have a good time. I'm not going to lie to you, Travis. I didn't like this either. I, I didn't. It, it felt. It was like the same thing. Like it, it felt all it needed was the flaming Bible. That's that's what it felt like. To me. <laughs> that's, okay, that's what this enough. needed. It's just it just felt it was it was very very religious, especially it for it to be the main event. It's like ah, so I understand. Like now 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 I'll be on the outside looking in. I'm like oof. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's like oof. It's like watching that, I'll be like oh, I don't know about this. And then it's like. And it was very, like, very satanic. And, it's not like, satanic. It was cult. They were calling vampires. No, it, well, vampires. You don't know anything about vampires, Satanism. Let's vampires go. are considered of the devil. No, they're, <laughs> they're if, they're if we're gonna do that, Satanists. if we're gonna do that, <laughs> they're not Satanists. The only thing that okay. was on that line was that Beals above mentioned. I'll, I'll give Kenny that. I did. I did say that Jake Roberts was the the incarnate of Beals above. All right, let's. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, up, let, I'm just letting you know. He does not yeah. of God is of the devil. Is what they say. So, so yeah, that it was a lot. It was, it was a lot. Like with the whole Lord and Savior thing, and like I applaud you for taking the risk, but I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm not gonna be harsh. I, I was thinking 0.5, but I'm not gonna go that harsh. I'm gonna go with uh, 1.75. I appreciate that. What did I rate you? A four point two five. Put me up to four point seven five because I'm gonna offset these fucking dumbass ratings. <laughs> Thank I'll you, drop Mike. mine. Thank you, Mike. That's <laughs> the bullshit ratings. All right, yeah, I'll take away some quarters. <laughs> so is that <laughs> wow? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm the biggest hater ever. Ever again, this is ridiculous. We're gonna. All right, we're gonna go. Uh, little fuzz, you have anything to to promote? Uh, no, sir. Bad guy. Um, praise our bookie boy of the year, uh, Kenny. 
that guy spoke on every social media. <laughs> you already know. Dumb wow. Dumb I wasn't even done talking. T13. You already know. Everybody in this in this on the show except for Mike needs to find the the Lord Superior Gangrel. Hey Travis. Uh, hey Travis. Uh, Travis in the words of uh, Kanye, fine God. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. You can find all the shows on the T13 Media Network on our website at t13media.com. <laughs> It's bedtime. It's fucking. I gotta go that's, to bed. Let's book it. Let's book it. See ya. Bye. <laughs>